You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour, episode number 213. And uh, we're in between five weeks here. Uh, out here in uh, East Tennessee, we're getting ready to roll into the first ever Valor Underground show this weekend in Nashville. Uh, so that means it's picks time uh, as we start a new uh, season of picks panel here um, with uh, with our panelists. We'll uh, also do a recap of our uh, VFC 84 show that just went down this past weekend from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. I'm your host, Tim Loy, of course, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, as well as Jeff Hobbs and Greg Hopkins. Guys, uh, a lot to cover today, so we'll jump on into it. Of course, uh, we'll, we'll kick things off with a recap of uh, Valor 84 from this past Friday. Um, we will, uh, Justin, uh, recap the, the standings, if you will, going into, um, into this final event of the session, if you will. Okay, so going into the this event was uh, Greg up 179, Torres 178, Hobbs 168. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of break this down into uh, three segments, if you will. So uh, first portion of the card, uh, we, we had Taylor Burton uh, get a uh, Americana submission over Caleb Holt, who was a late replacement uh, for Robert Davis uh, in their slap grappling match. Combat BJJ, minute 50 seconds in, gets the Americana. Uh, Taylor Rodrig uh, with a uh, very nice performance once again. And second time we've seen him in the Valor Cage with a, with a big knockout. Round two, uh, TKO, 39 seconds in after he dropped Malik Lee about four times. Malik Lee, tough out, too. Uh, I don't think he'd been finished up until till that point. So uh, Rodrig uh, now moves to four and three. First time with a winning record. And both times he's been in our cage. He's looked really, really good. Uh, Dan Garrett. The elder statesman uh, at 52 years old comes in and knocks off Bud Cook first round, uh, tap to strikes uh, as uh, Dan evens his record at one and one at the ripe age of 52. Nice win for him. And then uh, what was originally set to be Troy Williams versus Hayden Stanley. Uh, uh, Hayden Stanley, uh, man, he showed up at the weigh-ins and uh, posts the pictures and all that good shit. And then uh, come fight day, man, he, uh, he messaged me and said that he was going to choose another path in live rather than uh, face off with Troy Williams. So uh, Troy uh, last uh, second uh, had to switch over to kickboxing and uh, it was Bud Cook's buddy, Brian Holbert, who was there to corner him stepping up. We appreciate that. Shout out to Brian stepping up short notice there to, to do kickboxing. Troy Williams uh, wins that one with a uh, uh, TKO technically at two minutes of the first round. It, it, the first round it ended but uh, Holbert un- unable to answer the bell in the second round. So uh, Troy Williams gets the win there. We'll look to turn him around pretty quickly and, and get back in there with MMA for, for someone that will actually show up. Uh, we'll go around the horn just on this first segment, first uh, four fights, overall takeaways. Anybody uh, impress you? Anybody let you down? Any surprises? Um, we'll, uh, we'll go around here, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of uh, go to Justin last to kind of catch us up on who picked what. We'll go to uh, Greg first. Uh, I was surprised by Caleb Holt getting even. You know, I mean, I don't guess surprised so much, but Caleb Holt getting submitted like he did as fast as he did. That was surprising. I thought he would, you know, would stand in there a little bit, but the the, the weight differential over there was it was just there. So, 
Uh, yeah, that was a surprise. I know I lost that one. And then uh, Malik Lee getting finished was uh, – uh, the way he got finished was just very surprising. You know, he was – he was uh, he kept getting up, kept getting up. But eventually, you know, it just uh, – it eventually came down. But those are the two that kind of stood out to me right there, the first goings. Okay. Uh, uh, Hobbs. Hobbs, you're muted, I think. Yeah, the uh, first uh, – this first section, what stood out to me most was, you know, old man Garrett – uh, getting the job done, man, and, and uh, you know, I love seeing him have his moment. Uh, I mean, standing us up, how do you, you know, uh, coming to weigh-ins, posing for pitchers, and then, you know, it should be on his way to the venue, uh, and, and just saying, nah, bro, I'm out, you know, no matter how much of the, you know, we try to convey to him, I wasn't how far the to, to come can be. And so what he with Tim, he answered one text, and then that was it. Stopped reading them, you know, didn't even want to communicate anymore. Uh, you know, I, I think it is the best move for him to choose a different uh, career because, you know, you just don't do that, man. You, you know, even if, if that's the feeling you have and you want to change, you know, uh, your direction here, you do it after you fulfill your obligations. So, uh, you know. I guess really ultimately it's just a big F you to us. So let's give them the big F you back. Man. And, you know, um, what well, the side note here, this was the same thing that was done to, uh, to Hayden Stanley, uh, his first fight, he was scheduled to fight Christian McNutt, uh, McNutt, uh, uh pushed out about the day before and, uh, Elijah Gilbertson stepped up short notice to make sure he had a fight. So, uh, for him to do this, uh, in reciprocation is, uh, less than cool. I guess we'll say we have a uh, Torres Finney on the line now, uh, reigning two Oh five, uh, Valor champ who defended his title on this night. We're going to get to that here a little bit later in the card, but Torres, have you had a chance to go back and uh, catch any of, uh, this first segment? Um, yes, yes, I did. Um, I seen some of those first few fights, and um, um, I'm excited uh, for what I saw out of Dan Garrett against uh, Obud Cook. Uh, I was excited for him, you know, for him to get his first win. Um, if anybody remember, um, Dan had fought uh, Lauder Gilbertson, who was also on this card, uh, uh, on a short notice, and it was a big time fight for him. You know, I'm, uh, he, he showed a lot of heart in that fight, and uh, for him to come in and get that win against Bud Cook, I was really excited for that. Um, Yes, I did see how uh, Caleb fought or went against uh, Taylor Burton. You know, Taylor Burton had size advantage. Um, Taylor Burton Jiu-Jitsu showed as well, you know, with him being a blue belt. Um, so that was that was really interesting to see. And um, I did see some of the Taylor Rodriguez and Malik Lee. And, uh, you know, Taylor Rodriguez really looked really good in that match against Malik Lee. Uh, uh, I mean, he came out hard against the brother. So, uh, big time props to him. So, you know, really good on the first half of this car. You know, saw a lot of good things out of those guys. Justin, uh, catch us up on who picked what in that first slot. All right. Hobbs took Burton, the only one with any points there. He took TKO, so no extra points. Everybody took Rodrigo. Torres slash Tristan took TKO, so they get the extra points there. Gar- uh, Greg is the only one that took Dan Garrett, uh, and everyone took Williams by TKO. Okay. 
Moving on to the uh, middle portion of the card, uh, Charlie Miller uh, uh, takes out Jake Keith Costin, unanimous decision, 30-25 across the board, and a Muay Thai fight. Miller uh, looked really good, uh, had a really nice height and reach advantage there, uh, showed a lot of technique. Uh, Costin showed a lot of heart, man. He, he was dropped a couple times in that last round and uh, you know managed to stand up and finish the fight. Uh, he had a really rough weekend, uh, I think, that probably uh, affected his show to a degree, but a lot of uh, a lot of uh, struggles for uh, for for Jake Costa. So props to him uh, for seeing everything through. Uh, he had a lot harder uh, weekend than than most of the guys did that didn't see it through. Uh, Trip Hallman uh, gets his second win with a second round rear naked choke at 115 over Mark Wilson, who's making his debut. That was a fun fight. Uh, Trip had a really nice crowd there, man. I was surprised. A lot of people uh, come out to support uh, Trip Hallman. And uh, uh, Mark Wilson, also very tough, showed uh, showed a lot of heart, got out of some bad positions, survived a lot of bad positions until finally uh, it was too much punishment there uh, from tripping the second round. Cole Tucker with a unanimous decision win over Caleb Edmiston, knocks off the KMA fighter. Cole Tucker, independent from Nashville. And, uh, man, he was, he was pretty solid, independent, pretty uh, – you know, pretty tough guy, very durable. Uh, you know, uh, definitely you could tell that, um, you know, he said afterward in the cage that him and his brother had, you know, more or less just grown up in the backyard fighting, and that's how that was his training. But I was impressed with Cole Tucker. Um, he gets the win 29 28, 29 28, 30 27 uh, to win his debut fight. Uh, Kobe Ford with one of the most impressive uh, finishes of the night as he uh, uh, chokes out Peyton Newton with a guillotine, kind of a Weird-looking guillotine. I thought it was a neck crank at first, but uh, he put put uh, Uden out at 25 seconds of the first round. Really, really uh, nice debut for Kobe Ford. And then rounding out that second set of fights, Darren Hastings wins the uh, wins over Drew Chornahus um, with a, uh, a submission, and that was a rematch as Darren uh, evens his record up to four and four uh, over the returning Drew Chornahus. Uh, we'll go around the horn, uh, reactions to this second flight of fights, and uh, we'll we'll let uh, Hobbs start us off here on uh, on this second round of fights. Uh, takeaways here, Jeff. Let's, let's go to Hobbs last on this one. Okay, we'll go to Hobbs last, and we'll go to Torres. Yes, um, on this set of fights, man, um, I was really excited to see uh, Kobe Ford, um, you know, I know of a little bit of him. Uh, he had become a Dogie the uh, past few uh, sort of the past few uh, weeks, and um, he had been training here. And uh, you know, not gonna lie, you know, we were skeptical of him accepting a fight, you know, on a short day's notice. But uh, he accepted it. Uh, he came and trained here a few times. We told him keep the fight on the feet. But uh, it was shocking. He took the fight to the ground, and uh, it's. Little three days of jujitsu showed out. <laughs> he got a uh, guillotine choke, uh, in, you know, in the first round, and that was a uh, uh, really exciting. It shows that you know he had a lot of heart. He came out hard, and you know, we're gonna work with him more before he get another fight. But uh, man, Kobe showed a lot of heart, and I'm excited to see him in the future. Um, I saw a little bit of da- uh, the Darren Hastings and Drew Drew fight, and uh, saw a lot of good things out of Darren Hastings. I mean, he he looked good. Was able to get a lot of those takedowns, control on top. Um, so that was really exciting to see out of him. Um, didn't really get a chance, good chance to see the rest of the card in that regards. But, um, you know, I was really excited to see those two guys, Kobe Ford and Darren Hastings. So, um, good, good, good showing from those two guys. All right. I'm going to Greg. Uh, you know, I'll second what he had said about Darren Hastings. Uh, I'm glad he got to pull that record up and, uh, it's been a while since we've seen Darren, 
you know, in the MMA portion of the uh, ring, they didn't want to see uh, CJJ, and uh, we hadn't seen Drew in a long time. But uh, he, he decided to come back, and you know, he came back with somebody else on the card. I forget who who was that he had with him on the card. That he had Ma- he had Mark Wilson that fought Trip Hallman. Trip Hallman, yeah, that was a decent fight too, right there. Up until I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, that, I like that fight too, right there. But I was more what a second and going back to Darren Hastings right there with uh, with Drew. Drew, we hadn't seen him come back in a long time. Uh, I'm glad he's back though. I hope he does come back again, and I hope he can can bring some more guys with him, like you know that that uh, Trip Hallman. You said he who it was? No, no, he was with Mark Wilson that fought against Trip Hallman. Oh, okay, all right, well, got you there. Well, then on top of that, uh, Cole Tucker surprised me actually. He, uh, he, he 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 said he had a wrestling background coming into this. Uh, uh, dude, that was a grindy fight right there, and Cole really like you know took it to Caleb the first round. I wasn't so sure. And the second round, it was iffy, but I had Cole. And the third round was definitely Cole. He got the takedown and, you know, just kind of grinding him out, you know. But, you know, hats off to Cole Tucker there for stepping in there. You know, independent guy. Uh, other than that, um, no, that's about what that's about it for the second segment right there. That's it. Okay. And Hobbs, uh, finish us off here on this second segment. Yeah, um, you know kind of rolling off of what I talked about uh, the first segment, and I think it also has to be said without going into too much detail, uh, giving Jakeith Colston, uh, or Costin uh, credit. That dude went through some some hardships during his trip, and uh, very easily, probably, and even understandably, uh, could have pulled out and, and had to take care of some, some issues that he was going through. And my man dropped everything that was going on and, and focused on, you know, finishing the job at hand and, and fulfilling his obligations. So I want to give that dude, you know, definitely props for, uh, for you know, holding up his end of the, of the deal. Uh, aside from that, uh, I was definitely impressed with, with Trip Hallman and his crowd more than anything. Uh, that dude came strong, you know, for, uh, for a Valor Knoxville fight. So he looked good and with that kind of fan support, uh, trip it'll, it'll get you far, and uh, it'll get promoters wanting to uh, keep it up because it'll get promoters, you know, they'll have you back. Um, you know, and then after that, like I said, it's, it was the night of the old man, Darren Hastings. Uh, it was good to see him get his win, um, you know, get that record, uh, you know, back headed in the right direction. And uh, he looked good doing it, you know, he looked comfortable uh, when he got to the ground, everything was working for him. Uh, he's definitely got Chorna Huss's number, and uh, you know, definitely no need for a third one when it uh, comes to Hastings and uh, Chorna Huss. All right, Justin, catch us up. Hobbs, Hobbs comes in with uh, the decision for Miller. Everybody gets submission for Hallman. Everyone uh, wrong on the Eastman um, and Tucker fight. Uh, Greg and Torres both get forward. Greg takes submission to get the extra point. Um, and everyone takes Hastings, Torres by TKO for the extra point. Okay. Moving on here to the last flight of fights. We'll save the main event for its own round here. But uh, we had Vincent Van Alstyne make his debut uh, over uh, over Rocket Ray Hewitt, who was in on short notice. Van Alstyne representing that Hobbs-Jackson-Wink 
team, and they stay uh, up until this point uh, undefeated as a team. No, no losses yet for that team. Van Alstyne with a submission uh, went over Hewlett. He's, uh, man, he's, 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 he's got some potential. This Van Alstyne uh, kid may be better suited at 25 as he begins to move up the ranks, but uh, definitely a solid, solid little grappler. Uh, Daquan Sutton with a split decision win over KJ Franklin, 29-28, 29-28, 28-29. Uh, very nice technical fight. Both guys had their moments. Uh, Sutton uh, really kind of strung the combinations together nicely. Uh, Franklin, however, maybe maybe landed like the hardest shots of the night that were more um, yeah, effective. I'm not saying effective, uh, that uh, were uh, visually affecting uh, Daquan Sutton, uh, but uh, but Sutton, to his uh, credit, he never went down. Uh, there was there was one that landed really really hard, and probably the the most stunned I've ever seen Sutton in a fight. But he he still stayed on his feet. Nice win for Daquan Sutton. Good showing for both gentlemen. Um, and then it was to be uh, Cody Noel versus Taylor Moat. And wouldn't you freaking know it? The same exact shit happened with Hayden Stanley. Taylor Moat shows up to the weigh-ins two hours late. We wait on the guy two hours to get there. He finally shows up. Weighs in. Um, I have a conversation with him about communicating and being on time. He seemed to understand, and then he didn't show up the next day to fight at all. Uh, credit to his coach, Ian Lawler. I don't want to drag him into this too much. He did everything he could to make it right. Uh, has cut ties with Taylor Moat now. Is uh, Apparently, this is not the first time he's done this. And um, unfortunately, Cody Noel unable to compete that night. Just a weird night for the Hobbs Jackson Wink crew. Like all three of their fight, you know, uh, all three of their fighters had issues. Troy Williams' guy no show, and then uh, Cody Noel's guy no show, and then Van Alstine was supposed to fight Justin Williams, who uh, flaked out earlier in the week, and that's when Ray Hewitt stepped up. So just weird how all three of their guys were affected. Uh, they rolled with it like champs, though. So uh, credit to them. And then the co-main event, Ahmed Kamis uh, knocks off Elijah Gilbertson in decision, 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. decision, uh, One of those fights where uh, depends, I guess it just depends on what you're looking for. Um, you know, the the takedowns were there uh, for Kamis, who's managed to stay in top control for uh, for quite a quite a bit of time. Not a lot of damage being done from top, but control the position gets the win over uh, Gilbertson, who uh, now drops back to 500 at five. Five and comment Camus goes up, up uh, one for the first time as he's at five and four. Uh, we'll go around the horn here real quick before we cover the main event. Then we'll get into some picks, guys. We'll start with uh, well, I guess we'll Jeff. You good? Yeah, man, okay. I'm good. Okay. Uh, All right, Jeff. Yeah, that uh, the the Van Alstine was very impressive. Um, you know, to to knock off a guy like uh, Ray Hewlett with as many uh, fights as he's had. Um, that, I think that was just a little understated how, how big a win that was for that kid. Uh, I think you are right. I, I think we talked about it even after the fight, how he had mentioned that uh, you know that he, that he needs to be at 25. I think he even said he, that's where he usually fights or that's where he's headed, one of the two. Um, and he did recognize that 35 is not the uh, weight class for him. Uh, regardless, still look good. The uh, Daquan Sutton and KJ Franklin fight was phenomenal. Uh, regardless of what the judges' score said, that was a highly contested fight. That was, it was a, and it was just a high-level contest right there. And it was, it's one of those you know Muay Thai fights when you see two of those guys get in there, and it was really it was kind of a beautiful thing watching them, you know, compete like that. Um, Camus and Gilbertson. I mean, this is this was a fight and a decision that uh, <laughs> you know had some people cage side scratching their head a little bit and uh you know it is weird man judging is weird because you know a couple of years ago we saw you know in 
you know, in so many words, this same fight, uh, you know, in Nashville when it comes to versus what do you do with them and what are you doing with them? And, and the judges went the other way, you know, and, and didn't give in. We see the opposite tonight where the take or Saturday night or Friday night where the takedowns were there. Um, but there was absolutely nothing done with them, but it was enough to give the judges what they wanted to see to, to give the round. So, uh, you know, oddly enough, I'm sure, that, you know, Greg Torres, the, the, I don't know how they feel about hearing about victories because uh, at the end of the day, there is a loss on your record. But if there's ever is such a thing, it's the fact that Elijah Gilbertson still just keeps looking so much better every time he fights. He's, I mean, so poised, composed, patient. Uh, he just looks like a completely different fighter, uh, you know, complete 180 since the time we first, you know, met him. And even in this loss, he looked good and he looked he, he looked better than he did before. You know, and I hate, hate that he lost and trying to say he looks better in a loss than he did in a win, but he, you can see where he's growing. All right, we'll go to Torres. Yeah, um, out of these fights here, uh, one of my uh, favorite fight of the night was between um, KJ Franklin and Daquan Sutton. That was a you know really fun Muay Thai bout to watch. Um, I was really excited for that on the card uh, uh, from the beginning. And um, man, I, I watched that fight, and uh, you know, I, I think KJ with that hard uh, that hard right hook he hit Daquan that stumbled him. I think KJ got the first. You know, Daquan did enough to get the second, but that third man, that that, that round was. Uh, Woo, up in the air. Um, you know, I, I it depends on what you look for. Like Tim said, you know, KJ hit him with some harder shots, but Daquan was a little bit more active. Um, it, it was an interesting third round, so that can go either way. But you know, great great performance between all three of them. Um, from that point, and then next you have uh, Ahmad uh, uh, Thomas. I mean, Hamas. Sorry, but uh, I mean, man, uh, uh, Ahmad. Um, Ahmed, he had a really good fight against Elijah Gibson. I'll tell you one thing about Elijah. I mean, he takes all these fights on short notice and constantly taking these fights. And, and, and man, he just go out there performing. He's not out there getting finished. This man is going out there to perform. And, um, you know, that, that's not, that was no easy fight he went against. Uh, he looked really good. The guy took him down. The guy uh, utilized his wrestling, I mean, in, in some regards. But, you know, there were cases where you would think Elijah did win some of those rounds. But um, it's it's gonna be really interesting. And those Jackson Wink uh, Hobbs guys, man, they they they're they're good, man. That Vincent Van uh, Alstein, uh, man, he looked really good against Ray Hewlett. Uh, that takedown straight to that guillotine, man, that was big time. Uh, uh, been excited to see a lot more of their guys fight. Obviously, you know, we got a main event one of their guys with some, against the 170 Samaj, uh, Josiah. So you know that they got some really good guys there. So excited to see the future uh, of their gym here in Valley. All right, and Greg, uh, round us all here for this uh, for this set. Uh, just quickly, you know, I'll just touch base. KJ Franklin did uh, uh, that one set, man. Awesome, awesome fight. I wouldn't know how to judge it because I I can't judge those fights. So I can I just can't do it. I'm not a Muay Thai guy, but I know that fight was uh, high up on the card for a reason, and it, uh, it, and, it and it really came through. So, uh, other than that, right there, man, I I, I don't know. Uh, Vincent Van Alstein, man, dude, um, I don't know if I picked him to win, but, uh, you know, I looked him up before that fight and saw where he had a, you know, decent, you know, jujitsu background and, uh, he'd been doing it for a long time. So, um, I knew that, you know, right. He had his hands full, especially answering, answering short on short, you know, you know, and he didn't know he was going up against this guy immediately. So, 
with that being said, also, uh, I thought Elijah Gilbertson won that fight, man. Um, I, I mean, but I, it, it may be because I was, uh, you know, my heart was with Elijah. It's probably what I was hoping he won, uh, and, and, you know, and, and or, 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 or I don't know. I just thought that I don't, you know, uh, Jeff mentioned, you know, a few, you know, a couple of years ago, the uh, Charlie and David fight, you know, we had that and had that fight would have been rendered the same way Charlie, Charlie um, Alexander would have a win over, um, you know, over David Robbins and he would have the title. He would, he would have the 155 title right now. So, uh, uh, just, uh, just different times, different judges, different positions. I thought Elijah won, but I guess he didn't get enough damage. I know that Ahmed, you know, was able to keep a lot of cage and ground control, but it just seemed like once he got him down, he just held them down and was just, you know, just, just held them down, didn't do anything. You know, Elijah was doing everything he could to, you know, get up, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad. I don't know. I, th- I guess it, uh, you know, you can't be when you leave in the judge's decision, but, uh, uh, you know, and then other than that, you know, I don't know. I think another good example to maybe compare that to a more recent note would be one of a few Anthony Cochran fights um, where he's come out on the wrong side of, of the decisions while employing a very similar game plan. But uh, again, it is it is what it is. It's an amateur fight. And so it ultimately doesn't uh, doesn't have a whole lot of effect on uh, on Elijah. But I think uh, he did take away, uh, you know, good things from that fight. He seemed like he even afterward in the loss, he 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 realized that that was still a winning performance in the fact that he went all the rounds. And he also uh, was just so much more composed in there. Justin, uh, catch us up on scores. We'll get to the main event. All right. So, um, Greg takes Van Alstyne by submission to get the extra point. Uh, Torres gets Alstyne um, for the next fight. Greg, uh, everybody takes Sutton, um, but nobody by TKO. Uh, nobody, nobody gets the Gilbertson fight right. Um, so, no points on that one. All right, and uh, of course, the main event, it was a big one. Uh, our first five-rounder that we've ever had for the amateurs. Uh, this our first uh, potential five-round uh, title fight as we've moved to five rounds, and it actually went all the five rounds. And I would have bet a lot of money that it wasn't going to go all the five rounds, regardless of who won, but it did. And it was uh, our very own Torres Finney uh, with a uh, five-round decision unanimously across the board, all the rounds over TK Mattress, uh, who really was uh, what what everyone expected this to be a, a performance for both guys that was, you know, fan friendly. It was a show. Uh, both guys delivered on that, on that, uh, on that promise, uh, huge slams from Torres, uh, proving a point that that could be done. Uh, TK never let up though, man, uh, props to him. At no point did he ever kind of just like settle for being beat. He was constantly fishing for submissions, uh, doing what he could, but, uh, but ultimately it was kind of that same, uh, rinse and repeat kind of, uh, on most all the rounds Torres eventually able to get those takedowns, work from top position, keep his keep his position while staying busy without getting stood up uh, and uh, delivering some uh, some ground and pound. So uh, really good win for Torres. Best win of his uh, young career thus far. Dominant showing. I got to say, uh, in my opinion, the most dominant uh, amateur we've got on the roster by far. Uh, it was uh, definitely a very, very uh, solid performance uh, against a vet and, uh, and TK Mattress. And I'd love to have TK uh, Mattress back, too. I, there's lots of it's it's odd. And, and Torres knows because the 205 division is just very, 
it's very like top and bottom heavy. Like there's not a, much of a middle ground. It's just like guys that aren't very good and guys that are like really, really like super athletes. So um, if, when we can add uh, good uh, 205s to the roster, I'm certainly all about that life. Uh, man, I, let's get Torres, get us going uh, to start us off, man. Let's hear from the champ first. Your thoughts on this fight? Uh, did it go how, how you thought it would go? Uh what did it feel like going five full rounds? That's that's got to be nice. That's equivalent to a professional uh, three five minute round fight. So it's got to feel nice, kind of in the back of your mind, not knowing you've done that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're right, Tim. Uh, if you had to place a bet on uh, whether this fight was gonna go five rounds, I would have told you. I guarantee you, when going five rounds, and I was really confident that it wasn't going five rounds. But uh, man, boy, did we go! Um, you know, TK, he's a, uh, you know, big time opponent, you know, he's game, very game. Uh, the brother did a lot of good things. You know, I knew he had some good jujitsu. I saw four of his wins, uh, four out of his seven wins came by Ormar. Um, and that was, uh, one of his, you know, big time moves he did in jujitsu. I knew he was a blue belt. So, you know, understanding that, you know, we prepared for that and man, his jujitsu kept him safe in a lot of situations, you know. Um, I've been working a lot on my ground and pound, you know, a lot of different things I do in jujitsu as well. But uh, he was crafty. Um, you know, he kept himself safe from a lot of different things I was looking forward to. Um, I, I did. I did have more of a uh, competitive mode uh, when he said I couldn't take him down. I had to make sure that I got at least, uh, you know, two of those uh, slams in there. Um, but uh, going back, there's a lot of things I know I have to work on um, uh, after watching that fight. And there's a lot of good things that uh, I saw in that fight. Um, so you know, TK, he's going to be a, a big, he's going to be a big time opponent against anybody. I mean, uh, the brother's good. Uh, you know, like I was talking about, you know, this, this styles make matchups. You know, and he, he's more of a striker than the guy on the ground. You know, even though he got a lot of submissions, he's more of a stand up guy. So you know, finding him a stand up guy will make it really exciting to see him because he's a he's a really decent uh, striker. He really is. Um, so that's what that was our goal to you know get the fight on the ground. Um, so there's a lot of good things I, I saw from that for myself and uh, saw out of him. And uh, man, getting a chance to go five rounds that was different. You know, I got a chance to finally uh, go all the way, uh, go the distance. You know, even Tristan took me the third round, but I eventually got to finish. But uh, to be able to go five rounds, you know, as an amateur right now, um, getting that feel uh, definitely changes up things on how I would do things certainly. But uh, uh, man, I'm and still. Is the main thing. So, still the champ, and that's all that matters. That's right. Congrats, champ. No doubt, definitely, and still. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Greg. Uh, we got to talk to Torres and TK Mattress both before, and uh, like, like Tim said, if uh, if we could have Mattress back, you know, there's there's a fight that you know I was sitting next to at the commentary right there who. He was very intrigued in the fight, you know. I mean, he was watching, and you know, he was he was more of a fan than a commentator. Because actually, I was too, man. Because that, you know, that right there, uh, when when it, you know, from the start to the finish of the night, when we talked to both guys, you know, Torres put it out there, and then Matcher said, you know, he's going to come through too. I, I, as Tim said, I did not think this was going to go distance. I thought somebody was getting finished. Um, I just, uh, I, I hope we get to see Matchers back. Torres, I think, he, I don't know how many takedowns he got, but I think he got five or six, something like that. But he did get a couple of slams in there. I've seen the Batista bomb over there right in front of the commentary. That was pretty dope. Uh, but uh, talk about the, dur- the durability of Matchers. I got to, I got to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, 
you know, throwing his shade towards Feeney at all, but I'm trying to, you know, shine, shine a little bit on Mattress, man. He was able to withstand, you know, the, the onslaught of Torres Feeney for five rounds. And both of these guys, in my opinion, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, you know, pro ready. You know, I mean, I think, you know, for both of these guys, you know, Mattress, you know, I, I think he mentioned last time he wasn't necessarily ready to go pro. He was comfortable right now, and he, but he's getting ready to step outside his comfort zone. I don't know if that was a, uh, you know, a little hint towards he's going to move move that way uh i know torres plans on going there real soon but um yeah that was a that was a cool uh, that was a cool thing and we got to pretty pretty much see a pro fight there at the end of a whole amateur show uh with two guys at that level uh congratulations torres finney with the takedowns and uh i know he uh saw a few opportunities where he could have you know secured a finish and just kept pounding and maybe got maybe got a stoppage by a referee or something but he uh and i know he's um he's gonna go back to the drawing board and fix that i know uh Match is going to go back to the drawboard, fix some this stuff, and hopefully we get to see him back. I know we'll see Torres back. Uh, congratulations, and still, you know, we smell what you're cooking, brother. Hobbs, Jeff, you're muted, I think. I'm sorry, Jerry muted me. <laughs> uh, man, there's a couple of takeaways I took from this thing, man. Um, one is, um, you know, uh, I, I love the fact that uh, Torres, you know, said, yes, I'm happy with the win, but um, as, as happy as I am with it, I see things that, uh, you know, from this performance that I need to go back and work on. Uh, so that's always, you know, good to hear uh, a young amateur fighter who doesn't get, you know, completely uh, clouded by the, the victory and, and thinks that they, you know, had done nothing wrong just because they came in with a W. So that's always refreshing, you know, to hear that. Um, you know, I, I really was impressed, too, with uh, – you know, I think one of the big differences, I, I know me and you talked about it, Tim, was, you know, most of Torres's opponents, you feel kind of have that halfway defeated feeling as they step in. And TK did not have that. You know, he, he was there was nothing about this moment or opponent that shook him and his and his, his comfortability, you know, even in the positions that he was in, um, you know, where it was. um you know, impressive, you know, that, that he never really felt or gave off the, the feeling that he was in danger. He knew he was not in good positions. Um, so, you know, his, his comfortability was, you know, was, was wild to watch, you know, from a strategic standpoint, you know, I think TK had m much better success. The few moments that he's, you know, stopped on offense and kind of was more of a counter puncher and let Torres come to him. So it made no sense to me, you know, when you've got somebody with such great takedown, you know, skills and uh, to keep, you know, starting around with, you know, the aggression and the, the big, uh, you know, the big rights or the, the kicks and, you know, letting Torres counter those, you know, with immediate takedowns. There was like one or two times that the TK got a little patient, let Torres come to him. And that's where he actually had just a slight bit of success, but he never did, you know, follow up and continue that that trend. He would come out uh, and, and throw that kick or throw the big, you know, looping punch that uh, Torres would just easily duck under and, and take it down. So, you know, maybe a slight uh, tweak in game plans could have, you know, helped his, his campaign a, a little more. But all in all, like you said, TK needs to come back because TK is a character. TK is uh, a fan-friendly, promoter-friendly um, personality that I think, uh, you know, we could uh, have a lot of fun with and and really promote, you know, nice 
eventually uh, if you come back. And it was really what the hell was that? Um, it was really cool to uh, hear from Greg, you know, Scarborough's, uh, you know, take on this, uh, you know, seeing that he had been in there once with the champ already. And now here's some fresh, uh, fresh blood and fresh meat in his division. So, uh, you know, that could be something, uh, you know, Tim, you could turn around pretty quick. Yeah, 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 no doubt. I think that's uh, definitely a very interesting fight. Uh, no, no doubt, I, I would be uh, in for some Tristan Scarborough and uh, TK Mattress. Justin, uh, finalize these standings. Where do we end up on the season? All right, everybody takes Torres on that one. No extra points. The season ends. The last one with Greg with 21, 22 points. Torres, 20. Hobbs with 19 for the total score. Greg wins with 201. Torres with 198. Hobbs with 187. All right, so Greg is the big winner. I'll have some uh, some some cash for you this weekend, my man. And uh, with that, we'll turn to the uh, second half of the show here as uh, we start a new season, uh, new picks panel. Everybody starts fresh, um, and we will now have uh, the first uh, event for our panelists to pick from with the Valor Underground inaugural event kicking off this Saturday in Nashville and uh, tickets are sold out. So I'm not going to get into all the details about that because we'd rather you just uh, stay home and save yourself the drive because you can't get in. You can, however, watch it from the confines of your, uh, of your home on pay-per-view. And uh, you can hear our very own Torres Finney on the call here uh, the, that evening. And uh, you can catch that at combatcast.tv. So uh, make sure you tune in. It is an early start time, four o'clock central. Central start, so we'll be starting five o'clock on the East Coast. Um, uh, shout out to Hobbs, man, on this one. Before we get into it, a lot of uh, work on the ground being done over there in his neck of the woods in Nashville. He's really stepped up and uh, put this one on his back. So I want to give him some uh, some props there. So we get ready to to come to Nash Vegas this weekend with a big card. And man, this is pretty stacked. Uh, we'll get on into it, guys. Um, with uh, uh, we'll go to we'll let Justin kind of uh, you know set the table for us uh, on each fight and, and kind of direct traffic, and I'll give you guys a, a briefing on on each bout. But uh, here we go. Let's uh, let's do this. All right. <clears throat> First up, we have catchweight one forty MMA. Eric Lewis one and four out of Rocket City MMA, Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Zach Lozano one and four out of Legion MMA in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, we've got uh, pretty much identical records here. This is an interesting, uh, definitely a clash of styles. Uh, Eric Lewis, um, uh, one of four uh, out of that Rocket City camp, you know they're going to bring it every time. Uh, Very tough guys. Uh, You know, what what they uh, may uh, lack in finesse, they they certainly make up for with uh, athleticism and toughness. So uh, I'm excited for this one. Eric Lewis, he's going to want to strike. He's a tall, rangy guy. Last time out with us, uh, there was a bit of controversy in his bout against Daniel Gonzalez which uh, he was declared loser by, uh, I guess it was an ankle lock, if I can recall. But uh, he, he disputed that and said he didn't tap. And it was one of those just weird, weird things. But um, anyway, uh, he, he's uh, he's always in all of the fights that he's, uh, you know, that he's competed in. It's not like anyone's just gone out there and whitewashed the guy. Uh, so uh, I'm excited for this one. He's taken on the identical record in uh, Zach Lozano out of Legion Jiu-Jitsu in Nashville. Blue belt. Uh, we've seen him compete a couple times now um he uh he he won on his uh his last one i believe against um 
Oh, man, who did he? He fought one of the guys. Uh, he fought Drew Henry. Shit, that's right. Uh, that may not have been his actual last fight, but the last time we saw him, he fought after that, I think, and lost maybe. But uh, he beat Drew Henry on a Primal Combat show before that. So, you know, he, he's definitely going to be at a high and reach disadvantage here, but he's very thick and muscly and strong. And so uh, this is kind of your striker versus grappler fight, in my opinion. Both guys uh, will be confident, and this is a pretty fun one to kick things off. All right, Greg, we will start with you. I, with records both being at one and four, uh, and one guy coming to Alabama, I'm just going to go with the, you know, guy that's close to the hometown, Olazano, man. You know, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to go down easy with, uh, you know, his crowd being there. So I got to go with Lozano and the hometown guy. Method of victory? Oh, uh, let's go TKO. All right, Torres. Yeah, um, and, and this one, this is a really fun matchup. Uh, I mean, Eric Lewis is, you know, he's a, he's, he's a really good fighter, man. Uh, you know, he just running some, you know, different matchups. Uh, I just really like for him to you know, see him let his hands go. You know, it sometimes look like he'd be a little timid out there. Uh, I just want to like, you know, he took our boy Jalen Harper, you know, to a decision. You know, fought him tough. You know, I've seen him fight on a few occasions. And, and um, Eric Lewis is a tough, a tough cat. But Zach Lozano, you know, having that ground game. Being a blue belt, you know, it's, it's tough. It's going to be really interesting. This matchup is going to be really fun. But I think Eric will take this one over the top. So, uh, give me Eric Lewis in this one by uh, by decision. Jeff Hobbs? Yeah, I mean, this is a really good um, matchup here. You know, sometimes we see, you know, these guys with records, you know, one and four, and and they're still getting in there with two and oh and three and oh guys. The fact that we – you know, we're able to find, you know, both these guys are at, you know, similar points in their, you know, amateur career and be able to put them together, um, you know, just shows some really good matchmaking here um, by Tim, you know, giving these guys, you know, a chance to compete against a, a like and similar record. Um, I agree with both Greg and Torres on this one. I mean, I like Eric Lewis and, um, you say the JMT fight. I mean, that was a good fight um, for for Lewis, and he's got it, and it's there. But there's just something about Lozano's kind of just grind um, that I think um, you know could be the, the equalizer and the and the difference maker here. I mean, there's going to be something to be said. Uh, again, Greg will tell you, you know, fighting at home. Torres will tell you, fighting near Chattanooga. You know, there's just something there is you know, a little bit of that factor that, that weighs into this and, you know, having a home game. And while this is a really close fight on paper, and I think in all actuality, it's a really close fight. I think that may be the difference maker is fighting in the uh, confines of the underground, uh, you know, close to home. So I am going to uh, Lozano's uh, character, um, but I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with Lozano, but I think this one's going to the judges. All right. So, Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins both take Lozano. Jeff by decision, Greg by TKO. Torres goes Lewis by TKO. Next up, Featherweight's 145-pound Muay Thai fight. Devin Henderson, debut out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Taking on Jamie Pedersen, debut out of Fight Force, Sithua, Nashville, Tennessee. 
Yeah, this one is probably the one I've got the least uh, uh, scoop for you guys on. Uh, both debuts, neither competed. So uh, Devin Henderson, uh, 23 years old, five foot eleven, out of that UFC uh, Murphy's UFC Jim Murfreesboro uh, gym, trained uh, by Alan Clark, trains with guys like Cody Stewart, who uh, we're familiar with. But yeah, he's not fought before, man. So I don't have anything else for you on him. Same as his opponent, Jamie. Peterson, who is also making his debut, but at the uh, the uh, the uh, little riper age of 37 for his debut here, five foot eight. So we, we know he'll have a little bit of a height and reach uh, gap to make up here. Uh, training out of Fight Force Fitness there in Nashville under DJ Miller, though. So, you know, he's going to be, you know, any, anybody that DJ Miller sends out is typically going to be, uh, you know, uh, ready to go. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one, too. I, I wish I had more for you, though. All right, we'll start with Torres on this one. Um, yes, um, really excited. Uh, uh, well, I mean, this is a really interesting matchup uh, because, you know, we got two Muay Thai guys. Um, they're both debuting. One's 37, one's 23. Uh, looking at that, it, it, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, who has the experience, you know, who's been training. And, you know, is Peterson finally getting in there, you know, after not fighting for a minute? Or is Henderson, you know, young guy ready to go? So, uh it's going to be interesting. Um, just have to go out on a limb. Uh, go with the younger guy. <laughs> I'm going to go with Devin Henderson and this one uh, from Murfreesboro. Actually, you know what? Take that back. Take that back. Take that back. I'm going with Jamie Peterson. He's the home guy. I'm going with Jamie. Take that back. I'm going with Jamie. <laughs> he'll, he'll, win, he'll win by TKO. He'll win by TKO. He's like, I ain't fighting DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hobbs. Yeah, I, you know. Semantics here. When we're talking about home home guy between uh, Murphy's Burl and, and Nashville. You, you know, a couple just just a hop, skip, and a jump uh, up the interstate. So, um, I but like Tim said, uh, you know, there's just not much to go on here. Debut uh, Muay Thai don't have a history on on either one. So I'm I'm taking uh, Jamie. Uh, I, I, I'm guessing it's Pedersen. Uh, I don't know. I have to clear that up. But I'm taking Jamie on this one. Uh, and and really, uh, you know, um, Devin, my sorry, but my my only thing is I I just know we've had relationships with DK or DJ here in the past where DJ won't let us have guys because he doesn't think they're ready. So for me, the fact that he let Pedersen on this card and is allowing him tells me a lot because there were guys that he wouldn't let us have because he said they weren't ready to be on this card even as a debut. So uh, that tells me enough to uh to lean towards Pedersen and uh I'm gonna say TKO. Greg. Yeah, whenever I heard this about they said Jamie Peterson and I said, Did you say Jesse Peterson? And Jesse Peterson would say uh uh he went to Olympic trials for a boxer or anything and this is off nostalgia. This guy's from my hometown Ringgold so I was just like Jesse Peterson. I know he's fought on a Valor card before. Uh, as a boxing, he boxed for Valor at one time at 170, and that'll probably never happen again because he's so big now. But um, uh, that uh, that nostalgia, do what now? Yeah, back yeah, well, that's, so, yeah, but that's but that's yeah, back to this fight. So, but that's what I was going to pick at the beginning, and then like everything that Jeff said about you know DJ not letting his guys come out from Sith Law and uh, and everything, and not, when they're not ready, I see you know multiple different Snapchats of all the people that go and work out and like put in the time there and. Uh, like, you know, they just, he's not going to take Sid Law out there. I hate that DJ changed, uh, not DJ, uh, Torres uh, changed his pick. And I was like, yeah, we're going to get one up on here right there on the Finney. But he ended up changing right there. I'm going to take Jamie by, by TKO. 
All right, everybody takes Peterson by TKO. Next up, we have lightweight MMA, 155 pounds. Justin Jamar, two and one out of Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Cody Stewart, one and one out of the UFC gym, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. This is another one I'm looking forward to. I like both these guys, of course. Uh, Cody Stewart, uh, last time out with a quick win uh, at uh, at Valor in, in, at the Joe. It's been about two months ago, I think, now. But he got a real quick submission win uh, over a fellow that uh, – for a transplant from, uh, from Reno that had moved here, and it was his first fight. Before that, he went the distance in a loss to KMA's Jason Davis. So, uh, you know, he showed he can go the distance. Blue belt also training out of UFC Jim Murfreesboro. Um, and uh, he's actually I don't know for sure that he's a blue belt. He may he may he may not have a blue belt. He he uh, is uh, one of one though, and uh, taking on the two and one uh, Justin Jamar, who we've seen a couple times in the Valor Cage. Of course, uh, he's one and one with us, and then he had a knockout win in his last fight as well. Uh, and then he went to a draw with uh, young Tyler Jones the last time we saw him in our cage in Chattanooga. So uh, he's with that Rocket City uh, group listed as five foot savage. I love it. Uh, he's definitely got some swag, got some great hair. And uh, man, he's a hitter, man. I remember the fight with Tyler Jones. Like, man, Jamar could really crack. So uh, this is kind of what I think to be maybe a striker versus grappler affair of sorts. Uh, but uh, both these guys uh, are, you know, I, I'm excited to see it. I'm a fan of both these guys. Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I really hate that I'm having to pick first on this one um, because, like you said, both these guys are really nice guys. I've I've enjoyed uh, working with Cody Stewart, you know, uh, just as closely as I've had to with you know the local fighters, and uh, he's been a, a definite pleasure to work with. But there's for me, man, there's something about Jamar. You know that that's there. There's something about Jamar that's just really close to ticking. I think um, I too, when I saw our spreadsheet, saw five foot savage. Uh, uh, I, I got a good chuckle out of that. So, um, but it shows where his mindset. I mean, I asked for a picture too, and he sends me one with. I swear, his hair uh, was brushed out so much that there was more hair in the picture than actual face. Uh, and then when I got another picture for him, he looks like you know Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver. You know, like a serial killer. Uh, so he's definitely a character. I like the kid a lot. I'm, I'm really glad to have this fight on the card. But if I've got to uh, make a pick on this one and hopefully at some point try to go one up uh, and, and catch up some points on my teammates, I am going with the uh, blue corner on this one. And I'm going to get uh, Jamar by submission. Greg? So are we saying that Jamar is the uh, is a striker here, the one that fought Tyler? Yeah, I would definitely say that he's a striker. Yeah, I would too. And then and and Tim goes and takes uh, Jamar by submission. Uh, I was yeah, because he's going to knock DK. him to the ground. And he's club and sub, the club and sub. I think it's called <laughs> club yeah. and sub. There you go. Uh, uh, I'm intrigued. To, I'm intrigued by that pick right there. And uh, you know, Cody Stewart with a uh, you know you know some experience here on under his belt already. I don't know that he gets subbed like that, but I'm going to take Justin Jamore by TKO right there. I, you know, going the distance with, with Tyler Jones is uh, no, not a lot, nobody else is doing it right now. So, Justin Jamore by TKO here. Torres? Uh, yeah, this is a really fun matchup. Um, you know, Cody Stewart, I remember his last match, you know, he got like a, he went by submission like 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 the first round, like a few seconds, and went long. Uh, but Cody Stewart had a big time win in his last matchup. 
And uh, but Justin Jamar is a beast, man. Um, I've seen him on twice on a, on a few occasions, and he comes out swinging like he will fight. Uh, even though I think this fight will be closer, I'm still taking Jamar in this one by TKO. All right, everybody takes Jamar Hobbs by submission. Next up, we have a bantamweight 135 pound wrestling exhibition, three two minute rounds. Michael Cisco out of Creekwood High School, Charlotte, Tennessee. Taking on Dylan Davenport out of Sycamore High School, Pleasant View, Tennessee. So this one is is Hobbs' baby here. He, he's proud of this one. He's put this one together. He shepherded it to the light of day, and I will defer to him for for the setup because uh, he knows these guys uh, much better than I. And I'm super excited for it. It sounds like a lot of people are excited for this one. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, uh, okay, I wasn't prepared to set a table here, but I will. Um, <laughs> You know, this was just kind of one of those labor of loves on this one where, you know, I bust uh, I bust Greg and Torres' balls all the time about their, their love of wrestlers. But, you know, um, I, I, I love the grind. I love what these kids put in. Um, and, 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 you know, my position in the school system, I, I get out a lot and I watch these kids, uh, you know, compete. And I go to the tournaments on the weekend and support them. And, you know, when we were first putting this card together and we're thinking about, you know, things to do on this card, man, I just thought, how freaking cool would it be for these kids um, to get the MMA experience, man, to, um, you know, usually, you know, on weekends when you're in these tournaments, yeah, it's one on one on the mat. But, you, you know, you got a lot of, you know, team points, you know, and things like that. And it's a team atmosphere. But to give these kids that walk, man, that walk from the locker room to to the lights you know uh corner men behind you uh picking out a walkout song and, and walking in that cage and i just thought man this has got to be the ultimate experience for a high a young high school kid and, and maybe this is what um you know steers one of them our direction you know when they're done with high school so you know it started out as just kind of like something i just thought would be so freaking cool and so what i did was i just kind of uh, you know I, I went with uh you know, someone I knew. And then it was like, well, when I need to find an opponent, what better place to look than the TSSAA state tournament? And um, these two gentlemen met in the state tournament uh, this this past season um, with uh, Davenport being the younger kid, the freshman. And I believe Cisco was a junior. Yes, he'll be a senior this coming year. So junior against freshman. And uh, Davenport gets the win in the tournament to advance on and end up placing, I believe, fourth uh, in uh, in his weight class this past uh, TWSWA tournament. So um, I just thought, man, if you weren't looking for an opponent, why not look for the guy that uh, you put out uh, in that tournament? And when I got a hold of Michael Cisco, there was absolutely zero hesitation. And that's what I loved about this matchup. He was just like, you know, hell yeah, let's go. Um he wants it back. And very rarely do you get these opportunities, Greg. I don't know how many times, you know, you got to, you know, meet somebody you met in the in the state finals, you know, the next season. You know, we see it in football, the Super Bowl uh, teams meet like in the preseason, the next season. So to be able to get that opportunity immediately, you know, in the summer after that tournament's over and say, I get another chance of the guy that knocked me out is, I think, phenomenal, man. Yeah, man. I, I had a question about that when with Michael Cisco losing in the state tournament against Dylan Davenport. Do you know how he lost? Uh, points. It was not a pin. It was points. points. So it was a tight one. Yeah, I believe the final score. I looked into it. And I think it was like six to two or something like that. Uh, I, I may okay, be a little so off, but I believe. 
then no, this is, yeah, this it was. That's yeah, a tight, it was a not tight race right there, man. I mean, six to two is a tight race, man. That's the difference of one takedown. I mean, they could have been, they could have went overtime on a, on a, uh, you know, four to four match, you know, right there, you know, you can vouch for that. But with that being said, man, this is, this is going to be in the cage right here. And, um, neither one, I wonder if these guys are training, you know, with the cage at a, at an MMA gym kind of deal, you know, getting the feel for that because, uh, it's one thing to be able to go and take a blast double and go run a guy out of bounds and, you know, restart. But here, this is going to be a solid three, two, two, two round, you know, two, 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 two. That's what it is. And there's no, there's no stopping, no going. Um, I'm really excited to see how this is going to go, but, oh man. And, 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 oh, I just, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think this is going to open up a lot of doors in the future for just a lot, a lot of new things. I mean, you know, this is followed up by Cortex you know, following this, but back to this one, I'm just, I don't know, man. You you throw the factor of the cage in there. Both of these guys are going to be hungry. Uh, you know, Tennessee state was in, I think February. So I don't know how long this has been in the works, Jeff, but if you, I, I guarantee, I know the moment both of these guys heard they're going to be on a valor show, uh, you know, with the walkout song in front of a crowd, like, you know, like this, at this magnitude, um, you know, they, they, they kept training. So you're going to get to see, both of you. I think we put this together in April. I think we put this together like really early in April. It was like the second thing we put together. And I shit you not, after putting it together in April, at the end of April, the next day they both sent me their walkout music. If that tells you how excited <laughs> both these kids are, the next day they had already sent their walkout music. It was like, that's how mm. pumped these two kids yeah, I, well, dude, I don't know. This is gonna be hard to pick. I, I think I think the winner here really is like the fans and Valor itself, like you know, underground to get to do something like this. But I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Dylan Davenport taking that taking that dub again right there. Uh, you know, be a decision. I don't think he gets the pin or attack. I think he ends up, uh, I think he ends up winning by decision on points. Torres, uh, you already know. I'm always down for a wrestling match. So, man, look, hey, I'm excited for this one big time. Seeing these two guys, man. I saw freaking Davenport. I mean, he's been wrestling since he was four. I mean, that brother been wrestling, you know, he even got done with a bottle. Well, this brother was a TNAAU state champ, AAU All-American, New Way All-American, three-time middle school champ. I mean, this brother did some wrestling and his opponent. I mean, Cisco, I mean, I'm excited to see this, man. Uh you know, they already faced off, and uh, if Davenport, if Davenport, the one that got the who got the who got the win of that was Cisco did, or Davenport? No, uh, Davenport got the win at the uh, tournament uh, on points. Okay, so 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 with Davenport getting the win, I know you know Cisco gonna come back even harder. Um, and this is gonna be really interesting to add into it. Uh, you know, use, utilizing the cage, you know, helping put some takedowns. That's gonna be uh, interesting uh, to see. I'm gonna go ahead and ask you guys, hey. While I got both of you, well, go ahead, Torres, with your pick, and then I'm going to ask you and Greg a question regarding the rules. Okay. Um, well, in, in this case, uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm big on rematches because when I won my first state title, um, it was against a guy that was ranked nationally, um, Aaron Gallagher. He beat me 11-9 the week before the state tournament. I came back and I beat him in the state championship my junior year. So I know how a guy is, you know, from experience on rematches and wanting to get that win back, knowing that it was a close match and knowing what you could do to beat that guy. So I'm going to go with Cisco in this one. I'm taking Michael Cisco. I'm taking the 16 <laughs> yeah. and I'm, 
So I'm thinking. All right. So now. Uh, I'm sorry. Points or a pin? Uh, ooh, I don't see nobody either. When you got two hollow Russell like this, they're going to used to be pins. I'm going by points. My points. All right. So my question to both you guys real quick. Uh, so Friday at the weigh-ins, uh, both these fighters, both these wrestlers, I'm sorry, will be meeting with uh, the referee that'll be, uh, you know, refing this match. And while I don't want it to sound like, you know, we're, we're unorganized, you know, there are some details about it that we wanted to wait until Friday when we had both uh, both guys in front of us to discuss. And, and like you guys said, was the utilization of the cage. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, it's a it's a good size, 26 foot cage. So we've got, you know, uh, a lot of room. But, you know, we're we're talking about just straight up using the cage. And, uh, you know, if you push your opponents back up against it, you know, working it just like an MMA fight and trying to get the takedown. There's been, uh, you know, suggestion about, you know, using the cage in the same sense that a stall is used, you know, during a wrestling match. So maybe. Um, if you, you back your opponent up against the cage, maybe a referee given a, a mental five second, you know, clock in his head. And if you haven't uh, gotten off the cage or your opponent hasn't uh, finished a takedown off the cage, uh, you know, calling a stall. Uh, what do you guys think, you know, in your opinion, before, you know, we talk to the ref and talk to these guys on how the cage is going to be used in this match? Or do you just straight up not use it and consider the cage out of bounds and reset in the center? I think that's just the unique part of doing this anyway. Uh, y'all put a wrestling match within a cage. Why not use the cage? Um, yes, I will say, you know, as you know, I've been having my journey in MMA, cage wrestling is a little bit different than just pure folk style wrestling. Um, there's there's different things you have to do when you utilize the cage. I'm not going to lie. I doubt these two wrestlers have probably utilized. They probably have since they know they are in the cage. They probably have done some cage work wrestling, but I don't think they focus on it as much. I think they focus more on their opponent. And I just think I think adding the element of allowing them to wrestle in their cage, they should be able to at least use it. Um, this is more like a specialty match, um, a specialty wrestling match. I would like to see a lot of guys wrestle in the cage, just a pure wrestling match. So I'm excited to uh, see how this one fair off, especially with two high-level guys here in Tennessee. I, I think I think this is going to be a fun one, uh, fun one to have. Man, dude. I, I agree with Torres. Really, uh, the fact that it's in the cage, use the cage to your advantage. Make sure they can I – mean, I really like – I think that, like, this this is something in, intriguing to me. You could use some WWE rules, like, you know, how they do a 10 count. I think you could do not a mental count, but the referee could actually be counting one, two, just like you would count near fall for a pin. He could count one. Too, but because you're going to see some over, under and over neutral neutral territory where like where they're where they're uh, you know switching positions against the cage, and as long as there's a flurry going against the cage, you let it go because it takedowns are going to be easier to get against the cage, and you can't defend them against the cage. So use the cage, use the cage. However, if you're in a corner and you stop and there's no no advancement, no advancement for either wrestler, and there's just a stalemate. I think we're really going to have to jump on that because this is just a six-minute match. It's just two, two, two. So if they are stuck in a corner in a position and the referee's been counting to five already and he gets to ten, I think like, – and, and like if, 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 if one of the wrestlers gets a takedown and he's in the corner and, you know, he's got him – if he's in trouble going to his back, you can't stop them from that position. You know what I'm saying? But can you pull them out and restart them? There's all kinds of – you know, twist in this, but I think that just for the mere fact that we have the cage and like Torres said, use the cage. 
but I think the referees should give out a vocal five-second restart. Hey, stalling call, restart, stalling call, or just say not a stalling call, but I think that if he sits there for five, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I think you – I don't know, Torres, do we restart him or do you hit him with a stalling call because that counts as points in folk-style wrestling. Do you get three of those? It, you get uh, that's true. Um, this is this is where when you start asking yourself about a specialty match like this, we have in the cage. Do I really uh, like stalling calls? Got to be got to be different. You can't have a true stalling restart. Call. You got a cage restart. So, I think. Yeah, you can restart and put them back in the middle. Yeah, like or start them in an under and over. Start them in an under ahead. and over position, like a Greco. Just start them under and over right there, under and over in the center. Yeah, and you, you, could, you could do that. Yeah, you could do or that. Break, or, or break you see a guy yeah, constantly backing up and, and just break Well, we'll uh, we'll work on that. Uh, we'll work on that Friday, and we'll we'll hash that out. Yes, and let sir. you guys know what we come up with. But what I'm going to do in this one, Tim, if you do not mind, uh, since I am close to this one, and these are young kids, and I put this fight together, I put this match together. I'm going to defer my pick to Tim Loy on this one, since I put this on. Tim, pick one for me. I'll go with Cisco by points. All right. All right. There you go. So uh, Greg takes Davenport by points. The other two have Cisco by points. Next up, we have uh, another grappling match. Um, quartet BJJ, four on four, five minute rounds. Tenth Planet, uh, Joe Kai, Travis Thomas, Evan Stapler, and Matt Elkins taking on Team Zenith, <laughs> Joe Langford, Hunter Gregory, Alex Hernandez, and Corey Robinson. So this kind of came together last minute, but it's awesome. Uh, really stoked for it. Uh, thankful to be able to put this one together here. Uh, of course, uh, really been trying to grow the quartet uh, thing here as of late with the Hyder Cup. And uh, they did a quartet, the cage uh, magic primal, and that was fun. And so uh, now we're going to step it up a level here at the underground. And uh, this is going to be this is going to be awesome. And so it's a uh, 800 pound max. We've gone over the quartet rules uh, before in the past. It's elimination style grappling. And then uh, in, in this case, we've got 10th Planet taking on Team Zenith, which is kind of a hodgepodge of, uh, of guys out of uh, out of the Nashville area. So, uh, you know, 10th Planet, we just saw two of these guys on this uh, team compete at the last Hyder Cup on the winning team uh, between Evan Stabler and the phenom Travis Thomas, who we were, uh, you know, was just running roughshod over entire teams. Uh, they'll be joining up with uh, pro fighter Matt Elkins and uh, Joe Kai, who's always uh, a blast to, to see in action. He's uh, a very, very entertaining uh, grappler. They'll be, you're going to be taking on the Team Zenith group, which is uh, headed up by Corey Robeson from uh, Phoenix uh, MMA and Hermitage. Uh, but it's a lot of his affiliates, essentially. So you got three black belts and a blue belt here. Corey Robeson joined by uh, Emilio Hernandez, who we've seen uh, in Hyder Cup and in the MMA cage as well. Very exciting. Uh, uh, also, one of the coaches over there, Joe Langford, will be uh, participating. I think uh, he and Emilio are from Tennessee BJJ Academy. And then Hunter Gregory will be the fourth member. He'll be their, the blue belt on this squad of black belts otherwise. And he, he's uh, been great, too. You know, he, he headed up the uh, Zenith Quartet that won it at uh, Primal and uh, made it to the finals of the Combat BJJ Tournament himself. Um, at a Hyder Cup, so he's 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 been really good. Hunter Gregory has so uh, excited for this one, guys. Uh, well, this is uh, and it being in the cage adds a whole new fact, uh, a whole new uh, twist to things. Uh, both these teams are very very talented. 
We'll start with Torres on this one. Man, you talking about um, besides the wrestling match, another thing I'm excited for, you know, these quartets are really fun to do, man. They're yeah, really exciting. Um, a lot of good action between these guys. I'm really excited to see the one I saw at a promo combat. And uh, even though that was one a little bit of lopsided, but this one, man, I mean, my goodness. <laughs> the names in this one, you know, these are big-time names that are really known around the uh, regional circuit uh, in jiu-jitsu. And um, most of them are around in the southeast. Like, you got Emilio and Hunter Gregory. Then you got Evan Stapler and Joe Kai and Matt. L. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> this is a hard pick. I'm not going to lie. This is really hard. <laughs> but, uh, ooh, boy, I'm going to go with Team Zenith. Uh, I, I think they'll win. It might, it might come down to like the last guy. It's, it's, it's probably gonna be a lot of stalling out. I, you might see, you could see a lot of submissions because having three black belts that's gonna be really. But Joe Kai and Matt Elkins, I mean, those guys ain't going down with our fight. It's gonna, that's gonna be, <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be good, bro. Uh, so teams in it. Uh, give me teams in it in this. So it's gonna be tight. This is gonna be fun to watch. All right, Hobbs. Yeah, man, like you said, uh, 10th Planet, we know what they're about. Uh, Joe Kai was phenomenal uh, the first time at Guardian. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I know we started with Tance and Emilio that first time at, Gar- at Guardian, but we never got to see Emilio and Joe Kai. I don't uh, think I know we there did. Was a, lot of, a lot of banter between the two throughout the day, if I remember correctly. But, uh, yeah, Team Zenith, man, uh, you know, yes, a couple of these guys do are from different gyms, but they are all – um, originally under the tutelage of, you know, uh, Ray Casillas uh, with Alex, Corey, Corey going and opening his new gym. But, um, you know, all are still under that Robert Drysdale Zenith Jiu-Jitsu umbrella. Um, this was just one of those coolest shit things that uh, Tim was, you know, able to bring to the table here this last, like, what, Tim, two weeks, like a week ago. And it was something that was an afterthought that turned out to be one of those, oh, shit, look what we just got on paper kind of deals, um, which is why it's not starting the show. You know, it's after, it's at the end of the, the first section here, closing out the first uh, section of this event, man. I, I haven't seen – we haven't seen Corey compete in so long, um, but he is, you know, another high-level high guy. But Travis Thomas and Joe Kai on that, that, that side of it, and this is this is wild. I definitely agree that I think we're going to see a lot of draws. So mark my words, it is going to come down to your order of, of, you know, your strategy on who you're sending out and when you're sending them out and against who on how this thing, you know, ends. Um, you cannot go, you know, heavy on the front end. You're going to have to save somebody towards the end. Uh, if it happens to get there, but I am going with, Ooh, I'm going Zenith as well. Greg. Uh, like we said earlier and like, you know, Torres built it up, man. I'm, I'm excited for this right here. This is, uh, you know, following along with the, uh, Valor Hydra cup, uh, we're getting to have these quartets, you know, coming on the cards and Jeff, you guys got on this underground card, uh, you know, uh, head and shoulders above the competition around the area, you know, we're bringing the Valor with all these black belts going in here and find, you know, going against each other in the cage. And it, it, I just love the appeal it brings to it. It makes it just gets me going. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and spend a lot of time on all these individuals that are fighting. I'm just going to go with Team Zenith. But like Torres said, I think it could come down to the last guy. And 
I think you're going to have maybe one guy ahead and you're going to see a draw out. And I think that literally Venus is going to be standing with one guy left. And that's it. All right. So everybody takes Team Zenith in that one. Next up, bout six, Bantamweight, 135-pound MMA. Quentin Sims, 2-0 out of Agogi Combatives in Chattanooga, Tennessee, taking on Nick King, debut out of Nashville MMA in Nashville, Tennessee. Our first taste of uh, a bit of an appetizer for the main event is we've got a, a Gogi National MMA class. Uh, Quentin Sims uh, coming in at two and zero, but uh, still still new to the game. He's gotten his first two fights off fairly close to each other, uh, you know. So I think that these guys have likely been training a, a fairly similar amount of time. Uh, Q though, uh, with really quick submission in his first time around, the second time with JMT, he went all the way to the third round and. Uh, it was in a little bit more, uh, a little bit more deeper water. Got to, got to test, uh, you know, his gas tank out a little bit. And, uh, yeah, he comes in with a lot of confidence, man. He's talking about wanting uh, to do, take title fights and stuff after this. So, uh, you know, he's looking to have an impressive showing out here in enemy territory for the first time, taking on Nick King at a national MMA uh, wrestling background for Nick King. I believe uh, Jeff told me he's a firefighter there locally, obviously getting a lot of good training at national MMA leading up to this with so many of their fighters involved uh, at the top of the card. So uh, definitely a, a good test for both uh, gentlemen. Originally, both guys were in different fights. It was supposed to be uh, King against Mikey Judson. It was supposed to be Q uh, against AJ Richardson, and both those guys fell out. So th- this one just kind of fell in our lap. All right, Jeff. Yeah, the you know at, at first it was heart heartbreak uh, losing two fights at the same time, just almost damn near the same time. Uh, but how quickly we were able to just go, okay, you don't get these opportunities much where both guys that fell out were in the same weight class and the opponents were close enough in record that it's an easy fix. Uh, so this one was a blessing to get. And at the end of the day, man, I think things happen for a reason because I think this is a much better uh, fight than either one of those uh, original fights for both these guys would have been. Um like I said, Quentin Sims is, is definitely going to have a uh, an advantage here uh, that he's been in that cage uh, twice now. Ironically, his first win was against the gentleman that King was supposed to fight on this card. Um, so, you know, that, that gave King a little bit to look at because he had already researched Juts. So he kind of saw, OK, well, I know what Sims has um, because I've looked at Juts and I know Sims has beaten Juts. Um, so it gave him a little bit to look at, man. But uh, this is going to be wild. Like I said, uh, you, you're right. Uh, King has got a, uh, uh, a fairly uh, legitimate uh, high school wrestling background. I'm not sure how far he went with it, but I know he was a, a standout at uh, I believe it was Wilson County High School. Uh, and um, and he is a, a local firefighter in the Lebanon area. So, you know, young kid got a lot. Uh, Tim, I collected his tickets tonight. The kid sold four thousand dollars worth for a debut amateur. Oh wow! Uh, so uh, he's got a lot of people there, and with a lot of people comes a lot of pressure. Yeah. So uh, I'm, yeah. Um, this is the point in the card where I, it's going to just straight up be uh, Jeff in Nashville against uh, Greg and Torres in Chattanooga, and these <laughs> uh, where we're both going to be. It's the opposite of usual, where you know we have uh, fights in Chattanooga, and, and they're going one way, I'm going the other. It's now just flipping flopping to the. Uh, 
mid state here. I'm um, I think King gets it done uh, with a grind man with just a, a classic wrestler grind and that weight of uh, $4,000 worth of people wanting to see him walk away with a win. But um, it's not going to come easy, so I'm going to decision. Greg? Oh, man. Oh, dude, damn. So you don't know his old high school wrestling background, but you know he's got 4,000 tickets sold. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that's what I should know. That's, that's all he really needs I, to know. <laughs> that's what I should uh, know. Oh, man. I, I knew uh, he was going to have an opponent come hell or high water. Damn, man. Q, see, Q's 2-0. Q's talking about getting them title shots coming up. He's wanting to do on that. And this is uh, – I'm not saying this is his first test at all because Q's been through it. Uh, <clears throat> not just in the fight game, but in life, man. And he's faced adversity before. This won't be his first time. But 4,000 – Dollars in tickets is, I don't, man, dude, and like he's my teammate. Q, my teammate, man. My heart is with, my heart is with Q. My heart is with Q. But my, uh, if I was with a bet, I was gonna, I would have to bet on Nick King to get a submission. And I, and I want Q to win, and I hope he proves it wrong. But I'm gonna go with King by submission. All right, Torres. Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Wait a doggone sec. Yeah. What the hell just happened? Look, look, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff got me fucked up, man. You know, he's got this wrestling match on this on this Valor Underground. Card. I know, I fucked now with Greg. My, I fucked him he's up. He's got my homie. He's got my homie. He's got my homie fighting a wrestler that sold 4,000 tickets, man. They're like, <laughs> like. There's a reason why he's selling four thousand. Like people are coming to see this cat. They know he's gonna be good, man. Like, and I'm, I'm like, I haven't been at the gym, Finny. I've been down, so I'm, you know, I don't know, man. My heart's with you, but I, I'm not commentating. I'm gonna be a spectator, cage side with Tim and Jeff. So I'm not doing anything but sitting back here. So, I'm, I, I mean, my heart, I'll be cheering for Q, and I, I need him to win. I love Q, but he's gonna have to show me on this one. But I, you know, I don't know. I got King here. All right. Well, 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 well. Looks like I'm about to be out here on the island. Because, man, I'm going with my boy, Quint Seal. You get that. Uh, I ain't going to lie. I, I really don't know what Q's going to get. Because Q, the guys we tell him to stand up with, he submits them. The guys we tell him to take, don't take them down, he knocks them out. I don't know what Q's doing. <laughs> so, uh, man, this is hard. You know, y'all say don't go to the ground. So since y'all say don't go to the ground with Nick King, he is the wrestler. He is the big time wrestler in this matchup. I'm going with Q by submission. Fuck it. All right, Torres goes Q by submission. Greg goes King by submission. Hobbs King by decision. Next up, I'm about to fuck his names right up. Phantom Weights, 135 pound MMA. Josh Delgadillo, uh, two and three out of Team Chaos in Columbus, Ohio, taking on. Q2, 2-0 out of Nashville, MMA in Nashville, Tennessee. So, originally scheduled to be my favorite fight on this whole amateur card. Uh, no, I'm still second favorite. This title fight coming up is really good. But anyway, I was super pumped for it. It was supposed to be Margot Kirby, Q2, and uh, that would have been fire. Margot uh, Kirby with some health issues this week 
Uh, I'm not sure if it's related to the cut to 35. He would be a, a pretty big 35. I was surprised to hear he was going there. And uh, I don't know for sure if it was that's what it was, but uh, he referenced that he won't be doing 35 again. Um, he uh, had to pull out this week, unfortunately. So now Q2 will face Josh Delgadillo out of Team Chaos. Shout out to them for taking this fight on super short notice. Uh, not a lot known about Delgadillo at two and three out of uh, that, that Team Chaos camp up in Ohio. Ohio, so he trains with Samaj Portis. That would be his most notable training partner, the reigning uh, Valor 170 champ, uh, who's definitely a handful. Looks like he's athletic. Um, you know, coming in, taking this fight on short notice, though, uh, against the undefeated Q2, uh, who is 2-0 uh, at this point. The hometown guy out of Nashville McVay last time out, we saw him get a, uh, a pretty quick win. Um in uh i had primal combat so uh he's he's got two wins but both by finishes and uh and he's just like a little shit brick brick shit house man he's just like his lower body is just like thick as fuck uh so i i think he'll be giving up a, a, a small amount of height and reach potentially here but he he's so strong and explosive this is still going to be a really fun match is uh is uh, q2 still i, I think delgadillo uh, represents his, his stiffest test uh to date all right, <clears throat> Greg. Now the way Kim describes Q two, <clears throat> so he's like you know like a little bowling ball almost, like he's just a wrecking ball. I I don't know his a uh, nickname, but you start calling him Q two D two. I'm sure he'd love that one right there. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, dude, I don't I don't know much about the Delgadillo guy uh, being two and three coming down here from Ohio. Uh, I, I'm gonna jump on this uh, Smashville train and I'm gonna ride it <laughs> a good. I probably ride it a good while throughout this card, man. Just to be honest, so I'm gonna go with Q2, and let's go with uh, let's go with Q2 by let's go out TKO. Torres. Um, in this matchup, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Q2 as well. Um, that brother there is he might be short, but man, is he mighty. That brother is swole. Uh, he's ugh. that brother got a leg on him. You take one of those leg kick. I remember the last. Matchup at Primal, he mistakenly uh, hit the guy in the groin. And uh, whoo, leg like that going down there. Man, my God. But uh, that brother there is a uh, he's a tank, and I, I expect him to win this matchup by TKO. All right, Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, Ku is a uh, – dude, dude is a little fireball, man. He uh, He's a mix between – I don't know the Rock and the little dude on the what was that one movie with the Rock, the Rundown, uh, the one that just beat the shit out of him in the jungle. I don't know. <laughs> dude is like the other day I saw him. Uh, you know, I was going to get some pictures and paperwork done, and everybody was like jumping up trying to touch these damn lights that were hanging. You know, and Q is probably I don't know five foot four maybe. I don't. And dude got the closest to touching it than anybody that was in the room. Uh, he's got this just – he's one of those dudes that smiles all the damn time. And I heard his coaches cutting up with him I'm like, Koo, what the hell are you smiling all the time for? And I swear to God, his answer, they said, was, uh, <laughs> why are y'all so serious? We're not going to war. It's just a fight, you know? Like, And that's – it reminded me of the dude on The Hangover. But did you die? I mean, he was like, <laughs> you know, 
what the hell y'all so serious for? We going to war to die. It's just a fight. We're cool. Yeah. Um, but dude's tr- thighs are like fucking tree trunks, man. Um, but like Tim said, man, let's not get it twisted. I, you know, the quick moment we got to look up, uh, uh, Delgadillo, man, um, regardless of that two and three record, he's been in there five times. And I think this is, you know, Coos, uh, stiffest test right here. I, I, I think coming, you know, Ohio's got a different breed of guys up there, man, and they are wrestling heavy guys, it seems. You know, all the ones I've come in contact with, and he's going to have a little bit of a height advantage. I think he's, you know, going to be solid on the ground. Looks like a straight-up in-shape athlete. I mean, again, on short notice, you know, this was supposed to be a 135 fight from the uh, beginning, and you figure a guy who had to take this thing on fight week, we were going to have to jockey around with some weight and, and stuff. Um, and, and it didn't happen in this one. Um, I think you guys, the, the small mistake on the weight here, it is a catch weight. Um, but I think what Tim, we only had to go up to like 137 and a half. Yeah. Know, or yeah, 138 not, or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not even all the way to 140. It's just 138. Yeah. 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 Well, even with the allowance, it's still going to be under 140. So, uh, Josh is coming in in shape and ready to go. Because you know there was not much worry there about uh, about the weight, um, but I am going to go coup, hatu, kutu, um by TKO. All right, everybody goes Q2 by TKO. Next up, catch weight 148 pounds, MMA. Uh, Sam Gertz debut out of Tennessee Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Academy, Spring Hill, Tennessee, taking on Jamie Vasquez, nine and three out of the academy, Goodlettsville, Tennessee. Another one that came together really late. Uh, we've been trying to match Sam Gers this entire time. We've had him like in pseudo matches uh, here and there, and they would fall apart. And he's a really tough guy to match as he is a black belt already. And uh, making his debut as an amateur, it is very difficult to get guys to bite uh, at uh, at that proposition. Of course, uh, the brother of uh, Slick Nick Gertz, who we are all familiar with, he's black belt under Ray Casillas out there, Tennessee BJJ Academy, Zenith BJJ. Um, he is uh, going to be uh, making that walk for the first time, though, so we know he can grapple. We'll see if he can fight. Uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's uh, sometimes not the same thing. And, uh, you know, his opponent, uh, we knew kind of going into this, it was going to probably have to be someone with some experience for someone to be willing to take that risk. And uh, so uh, in steps on very short notice, Jaime Vasquez out of the academy uh, uh, under coach Jason Matherly there uh, was supposed to main event a show a couple weeks back. A riot ensued and he didn't get to fight. So he was already in fight shape. Uh, very experienced uh, fellow, nine and four as uh, uh, as an amateur so far. Uh, three stripe purple belt, so not a novice on the ground himself, but a lot of MMA experience. And uh, you know, the one time that I saw him fight in person was at the very first primal. He fought Brandon McGee uh, up at uh, uh, the for that for that 145 title. And uh, the one thing that I took away from it was that he's just got a lot of finesse. He's got a lot of he's very technical um, and uh, is dangerous in fishing for submissions at all times. Now, going against a black belt like Gertz, uh, we'll see if he's got to pull other tricks out of his bag here. But a uh, very experienced Tommy Vasquez steps in props to both sides for uh, for jumping onto this one uh, on very short notice. And uh, the card was pretty much done, sold out already. And we're like, oh, we're going to go ahead and add this because it's going to be great. So, uh, yeah, there you go. All right, we'll start with Torres. Um, yes, man. Uh, <laughs> you got two high-level guys. You know, one is a back belt. 
Uh, one, his record was uh, Jamie Valquez. His record was eight and two as an amateur. He won three different titles in three different companies. Uh, and uh, he, he's going to be a beast. Um, it's not going to be an easy matchup for Sam Gertz. So, um, this is going to be really exciting uh, to see a guy like this uh, 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 get this win. Nine and three. My fault. He's nine and three. Uh, man, you know, we've seen a debut black belt before, and we saw how he come out. And it shows that, you know, these guys just don't randomly out of nowhere say, hey, well, I want to fight. You know, they be, they've been training for this moment to build up. And I'm sure Sam Gertz has been training a lot on his striking. Obviously, he knows his advantages when he get it to the ground. But I assure you, he's been training standing up. Jamie Vacquez is no slap. He is a purple belt in his own right. Uh, so, you know, the experience in this regards is going to be big uh, in Jamie's corner. Uh, you know, being in that cage, you know, Punching and, and kicking is gonna is gonna be different, but I'm gonna take Sam Gertz in this, and I'm gonna take him by uh by submission. Hobbs, yeah, um, man, what a hell of a fight! And like you said, that that stuff that went down two weekends ago with Vasquez, you know, being in the main event of a fight, um, you know, waiting around all day for his fight to 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 pop off, you know, main event title fight. And the show getting shut down after the co-main event and being sent home and told you're not fighting. Uh, this guy wanted to fight bad, you know, bad. Um, I, I love this fight. I hate that it was added after the sellout um, because there was a lot of Vasquez fans that were there to see him fight that probably deserve to, uh, you know, still see him fight. And I hope they tune in. Uh, I will preface, man, nine and three. I know that's what it says, guys, but it's not. It's more than that. It really is. Uh, and, and the good thing is, though, is Gertz camp knows it's more than that, and they still took it. So, Tim, I don't want you to think we're sandbagging here because Gertz people know ha- uh, ha- or Jaime. Um, those angel fights, you remember those, Tim? And Clark, he was on quite yeah. a few of those for angel that did not use any kind of reporting uh, body. So we know there are a few more fights uh, even than that nine and three. But it's going to take that experience to uh, to offset, you know, that that uh, black belt that uh, Sam proudly, uh, you know, wears around his waist. You know, do I think Sam is going to come out there on his toes and bounce around like we saw with uh, with Hernandez, you know, making that debut? I think that's kind of an anomaly. You don't see that kind of uh, work very often um, and that kind of footwork out of these guys. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, Sam stand up. I don't know. I can't say what Sam Sam's stand up is going to be because I, I have no clue. Um, but, uh, you know, I just I don't I can't imagine it's going to be as crisp as as Alex's. But, you know, there's Sam will be the first one to tell you probably, look, my game plan is not a secret. I got to get my hands on him. I got to get the stain to the ground and, and bring him into my world and bring him into my wheelhouse. Um, he's I'm sure he understands that to do that, he's going to have to take a few shots. Um, so, you know, we're going to find out quick, uh, if, if he's got a chin for this, uh, sport, uh, cause he's going to have to use it to uh, probably get his hands on them. Uh, but I think eventually whether it's, uh, getting the takedown or pulling guard or, you know, being on the other side of a takedown, cause Jaime's probably not scared to go to the ground. Um, I think that's where the fight will end up. And I don't think it's necessarily a stretch to go out and say that I'm, you know, that I think Sam's going to uh, get this, get this fight and get this win. And it's going to come by the way we think it's going to. And that's submission. Greg. I, I'm not going to talk along on it, but 
damn, you know, I remember seeing, you know, Vasquez fight McGee at Final Combat, and uh, that was a good fight. I, but, you know, and him being 9-3 and, and just talking about his record, that's a lot, a lot, that's a whole lot of experience. And, and then you go and you look, and, like, you know, Jeff talks about how he wishes we could have promoted this one a little bit more before, you know, before it was on the card, but it just kind of came together. Uh, you know, but Sam Gertz has been looking for a fight for a long time, really long time, but, you know, not a whole lot of people are really, you know, willing to say, I'm willing to fight that black belt in jiu-jitsu, you know. Um, <clears throat> I think that the uh, the level of grappling here with Sam Gertz is going to be head and shoulders above uh, Jamie Vasquez here. Uh, however, Jeff mentioned the fact uh, of the chin. Like, does Sam Gertz have a chin? The only... The only uh, leg I got to stand on anything like this with, is with this from Logan Neal because Logan Neal I think was war- working out of town at one point in time. I got to train with Sam Gertz for a very, uh, I think it was a few weeks or a month or something like that, and he said that Sam's stand up wasn't uh, wasn't bad at all. He was real crisp. He was uh, he's patient. He's disciplined uh, disciplined with uh, kickboxing a little bit, and he, you know, but uh, you know then and Logan also mentioned you know just but we didn't you know we didn't really spar. We didn't you know test each other's shins that kind of deal. He goes so. He goes, uh, he goes, I can't talk. I can't say nothing about that. But he goes, Sam Gertz would probably win that fight too. So I think that uh, Sam Gertz wins this by by submission. All right. So everybody takes Gertz up by submission on that one. Next up, the amateur main event of the evening, Valor lightweight title fight, uh, Bronson Bazorgi 4-0 out of KMA in Knoxville, Tennessee, taking on Alexi Russian DNA Pergande 3-0 out of Nashville MMA, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I stoked for this one, man. Two undefeated studs going at it. Both these guys uh, are really fun to watch. Uh, Zorgi has uh, campaigned as high as 170 um, and uh, is is nothing ever short of entertaining out there. Uh, actually, uh, of course, from uh, KMAA there under Eric Turner and the gang. Um, and, you know, he's been calling me out for a title fight now for a minute. So here we go. And uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get a, a very stiff challenge in Russian DNA. Alex Pergande, uh, also undefeated out of that national MMA camp. And uh, another guy that's, uh, you know, got some good wins under his belt. Submission over Andrew Sturdivant. Um, you know, he, he's got, uh, he's already he's already been in there with some pretty tough guys and uh, and has shined every time. Now uh, the the kind of uh, caveat I think here is uh, Alex has been out for a minute. You know, shoulder injury had him on the shelf for uh, quite a while. He's been he's been out. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if there'll be any sort of uh, any sort of rust at all there, or if he'll come out firing and show a lot of improvements as a lot of people expected. That he's so young that he's in a very rapidly uh, rapid improvement. Uh, mode right now so uh man I'm, I'm stoked for this whoever wins this one will be a very worthy champion all right jeff we'll start with you yeah man uh god bless man excited for this one man four and oh against three and oh um that that tough kind of rocky attitude of bazorgi where he just goes and lays it all on the line um just hard-nosed kid um who, who's going to do whatever it takes to to win a fight uh, against Pergande, and, and it really is, without saying, sounding cliche, kind of your Rocky Ford type of thing, where Pergande is one of those kids. He's so young, but, uh, you know, his his parents have had him in the lab, if you will, uh, you know, since the time he could walk. Um, 
it seems like so long ago when I first, you know, started uh, in this business in like 2008, 2009, uh, we're not long after that. Um, you know, uh, this Russian guy comes to Nashville MMA and I'm there a lot, uh, you know, with my fighters that I was managing. And this guy comes in as a, a boxing coach and he brings his two little sons in with him. Uh, you know, knee high, waist high kids running around the gym. We'd lock them in the cage and that was their playpen. And uh, lo and behold, now I'm fixing to, you know, watch uh, one of them you know, fight for his first amateur MMA title because uh, one of those kids was uh, Alex Bergande. Um, you know, he's been doing this for so long. Like, Tim, you were talking about the injuries, man. Um, you know, he he's had some injuries and I think that's what comes with these lifelong type uh, competitors that have been competing and kickboxing and everything else uh, for so long that that their injuries kind of build up sooner than than others. So you know you have to worry about what kind of shape his body's in. Um, I'm not going to lie when I say this is kind of a fight. I had my fingers crossed the whole time that I didn't get that phone call from Alex that uh, something's happened or something's gotten hurt or he's tweaked something um, because he does put his body through such hell and. Uh, Bronson just always seems in such good health and such good uh, shape. Um, so, you know, both those things kind of weigh out for me. But at the end of the day, man, Pergande to me is just something special. Um, got something about him that when you watch him compete, you really feel like uh, you're going to see him at the next level probably sooner rather than later if if he um you know if his management guides his career you know correctly uh matchmakers um are fair to him and don't throw him in situations that he shouldn't be in the kid should have a bright future um, both these guys really do it's unfortunate that one of them has to lose this fight but i am going with uh pergande by submission Greg. Yeah, everything that Jeff just said, Brigande, he's um he that dude is uh, just a uh, head and shoulders above, you know, a lot of the regional competition that we've seen around here and every time you get to see him perform, he's nothing short of spectacular. I don't know what all of his injuries have consisted of. I know then he had some kind of something on his knee or something a while back and then at one point in time he was wanting to fight, uh what, what was it? Um he was wanting to fight one forty five and then it just the, the cut just became just too much for him at that point in time, and he just said he decided he wanted to go up 155 and stay there. Uh, no knock on Zorgi right here, man, because that guy's 4-0 for a reason. He's got, I think he's got three finishes out of that four. Uh, with that being said, though, man, um, I'm glad this fight's on the card. We're going to get to see it. Uh, Bron, uh, Bronson could surprise us here and come in and be, uh, you know, be a bully here and just try to, you know, you know use uh, Bergandes wrestling uh you know, against him and, you know, try to, you know, work some uppercuts in there, throw something against that we're going to normally see in the cage. But, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, I've actually got to go to National MMA and witness for Day, you know, just wrestle toe-to-toe with Michael Chandler. You know, I've just seen it, and it's uh, it's not the sort of spectacular, man, but for uh he's going to get on the next level. Uh, uh, Zorgi is another one that's uh, on the on the road to turning pro real soon, so – uh, this is a this is a treat. This is a this is a free a free pro fight, so to say. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a it's a title fight, but both of these guys will be pro in the next uh, year or so. So, uh, with that being said, though, I'm going to take Pergande by submission here because uh, I think it ends up going to the ground, and that's where I think that Pergande uh, has has that head and shoulders head and shoulders above leave there against Zori. Torres. Yes, um, I'm going with Alex Pergunde in this one. Um, I think he's going to 
uh, show off a lot of things he's been working on from the past few years. You know, he ain't fought since 2019, so this is a little rust, you know, uh, knock off some rust, and no better way to knock off some rust is you know, a five-round fight. Uh, uh, I, I don't see this one going five. Uh, Bronson Borzorgi, he, he has a little bit of a ground game himself as well. Uh, he liked things going to the ground, but I don't know how much he would like to go to the ground with uh, Pergunde. I'm excited to see you got two guys that like to grapple. I think Pergunde will instill his grappling a little bit more than Borzorgi, but uh, I think we're going to see a little stand-up early on before these guys go to the ground, and uh, I'm excited to see that. But I think Pergunde gets the best of him, and I think he wins by uh, – uh, let me say some – yes, y'all got submission. Uh, uh I'm gonna go with submission as well. I'm gonna go with submission. My Pergande. Tim, uh, real quick though, Tim, go back. I know wasn't Bud Cook one of Pergande's amateur fights as well, and and did not Bud connect with something right at the beginning of that fight though, um, that that stumbled Alex, like really kind of surprised him and stunned him for a second. Maybe, maybe that's see that seems I, I, maybe no, like it. I'm looking at his record now. His brain simulation. He <laughs> fought uh, Judson Chaston, Andrew Sturdivant, and Bradley Breakfield. It was Bradley yeah, Breakfield. I'm sorry. Well, it was Breakfield. Yeah, Breakfield. It was the yeah. Breakfield fight that, that caught him with something right at the beginning. So, you know, there's a little something there. You know, maybe uh, uh, Bronson can 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 connect with the same thing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Bronson hits a, a little bit harder than Breakfield. I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's uh, three – Straight clean sweeps. Uh, everybody taking Pergande by submission on that one. Next up, we start our professional uh, portion of the evening. Welterweight Muay Thai, uh, 110 pounds. What? Uh, it's 170. Okay. <laughs> Welterweight, 170 pound Muay Thai, three by three. Uh, Deshaun Middleton, one and one out of Charleston Muay Thai in Charleston, South Carolina, taking on Irvin Jones' debut out of Nashville MMA, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we haven't seen Irvin Jones in a long time. He's fought for Valor back as an amateur, but now he's turned professional. One of the coaches over there at National MMA making his debut here in the kickboxing uh, world. Three and three as a, a pro MMA fighter. Uh, he'll take on Deshaun Middleton. We're familiar with Deshaun. Uh, hasn't had a lot of success in there with us for MMA, but uh, in uh, Muay Thai, he's one of one as a pro already. So that's more his specialty, more his uh, up his alley. So, uh, you know, he's he's got he's been taken down and uh, kind of controlled on the ground uh, in his MMA fight. So we'll, this will be a little bit more in his wheelhouse. All right, we'll start with uh, Greg on this one. Uh, right here, we've seen Deshaun Milton in the MMA in the world and in the kickboxing world. Urban Jones, uh, not really sure. I don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, debut guy, but against hmm, another one of the Nashville trains. I told you I was riding the Smashville all the way through, probably throughout the rest of the <laughs> debut. And I'm going to take him by a stoppage uh, TKO right here. I'm going to take him by a knockout right here. Torres? Um, I'm going with uh, – this is going to be interesting. You know, I, I give Nashville them pedigree that uh, you know, they don't pick guys out too early unless they're ready. And um, I think Irvin Jones going against this guy, um, Deshaun Middleton, I think they put him out there for, because he's ready. And uh, I'm taking uh, Irvin Jones by uh, decision. Hobbs. Yeah, the cool thing about this again, uh, like Tim was saying, Irv is one of the uh, you know with Dorian Price, he is you know the other uh, coach in the uh, in the scenario at Nashville MMA, and and he was getting his guys ready for the majority of this card when it just reached the point where he was like, you know what, instead of sitting here coaching you, 
and telling you what to do, uh, I'm going to join you. You know, I'm going to jump in there and I'm going to show you that I'm willing to do the same things you're doing. I'm going to go through the same camp that you're going through. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do either. And that's when uh, him and, and, and Dorian got together and he just said, you know what, put me on the car too. Um, I'm, I'm going to lead by example. And so I thought that was really cool of him to, you know, to do that. Um, you know, uh, Irvin's been around for a long time. Uh, you know, the, the, the stand-up game is kind of his wheelhouse. He, he's, he's been around here for a long time with, you know, Chris Beasley and his time, uh, you know, working a lot with DJ, I think, in the past. Um, so I'm going Irv by TKO. All right, everybody takes Jones on that one. Hobbs and Greg by TKO, Torres by decision. Next up, catch weight, 110 pounds, MMA, three five-minute rounds. Emily King, five and four out of KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee, taking on Shannon Gawthry, four and six out of Guardian MMA, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yeah, rematch here. Uh, everyone's familiar with both these ladies. They fought as professionals uh, in Nashville uh, a few years back, and Shannon got the better of that one. And they fought again in Knoxville in a, a, a Muay Thai fight. Shannon got that one too. Uh, since then, uh, I you know they've had varying levels of success. Both ladies have made it onto the Bellator stage since. Uh, I think Emily's uh, kind of had a little more success than Shannon over the past couple of years. So uh, you know, setting up this third time. Uh, third time fighting uh there's a little bit of intrigue to it i think even though shannon got the better of the first two exchanges uh emily is has kind of turned a corner it seems like uh, since that since those fights are a higher level of confidence and uh so i expect this one to be to be really good hobbs uh i'm going draw that's where i'm going i get extra points for a draw it It should be worth something i guess it should be worth something (laughs) Yeah, you get three um, points. It's the high, I get three points for a draw. Yeah. Um, I just think this is going to be a highly contested fight. I mean, it's close. Like you said, Shannon's gotten the best of the of the uh, the past uh, bouts, but um, you know, Emily's kind of been on the upswing and 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 gone one way. But Shannon's a warrior. I mean, she travels everywhere and anywhere she can goes. You know, go and and fights anybody, and she takes her losses with her wins. You know, if I lose. Oh, well, on to the next one. Let's get another one. Uh, so she's kind of a road warrior in, in that sense. Uh, they do have a uh, recently a, a similar opponent, uh, didn't they, uh, Tim, in, in Bellator, where uh, they had an opportunity to both fight the same uh, young lady in Bellator mm-hmm. with, uh, with Shannon uh, dropping a, an L on that one and Emily going in and, and getting the dub uh, against, the, uh, against the opponent that uh, Shannon had just fought for Bellator. So, um so kind of a, a you know a balancing act here, trying to figure out who's uh, who's going to get this one, man. Um, I am, yeah, I'm going the three point draw. I'm going the three point draw on this one. Greg, three point draw, huh? Three point draw. Hmm. How are you? How are you going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, I'm going to see a ten eight and one round. And then the two ten nines and another the other way. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been kind of a fan of Emily King over the last two years, man. You know, I've got to fight her husband twice in the last two years. So, you know, I've obviously watched that, that King family closely. So, uh, watching her be successful here in her last few bouts and whatnot, 
uh, on the bigger stages is pretty cool. Uh, Shannon Garter, you know, seems to have her number and knows what it takes to beat her and has successfully done so two times out of two times. So uh, I don't know about the third one because of, you know, I don't know if Shannon's on that decline and Emily's uh, hit her stride and she's going up. Uh, I'm going to say that, you know, Shannon, Shannon Gallery uh, takes this one and gets it by decision, by split decision, Je- Jeff, split decision by Shannon. Torres? Uh, yes. Uh, looking at this one, uh, I just think, you know, Emily King, she got out of last fight council. Um, she's lost to this girl twice, once in Muay Thai, once in MMA. Uh, you just think, hey, it's my time now. Your time is your time is come. Your time is past, and uh, I think Emily King uh, goes in this one, and she wins this fight. I think she wins by submission. All right, so Hobbs goes to the draw. Torres King by submission. Greg Guthrie by decision. Next up, we have bantamweight, 135 pounds. Jamal Davis, a debut out of Prangley's, aka in Collier Dialine. Indiana taking on Vinny Diaz debut out of the Matt Factory Lower Burrell PA slash Toronto Canada. So we'll run through these next three relatively quickly because we're going to start to get lengthy on the show and I want to do the main event justice. But uh, this one was uh, one that uh, it was um, originally supposed to be uh, uh, Jamal Davis coming in to fight Don Martin. Don Martin pulled out, and then we uh, got word from Vinny Diaz. He's looking for, to make his pro debut. So uh, we got two guys coming from far away to meet in Music City in what should be a pretty high-level match, Purple Belt versus Brown Belt, with uh, Diaz being the Brown Belt. Um, out of that Matt Factory wrestling up in Pennsylvania by way of Canada, Jamal Davis with Trevor Prangley, uh, UFC vet uh, Trevor Prangley's uh, gym out in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, and uh, he's got some pro boxing experience, so I expect these guys to bring a, a nice high-level fight. Greg? With everything that Tim just said, uh, I'm going to go with Vinny Diaz being the heavy, heavy wrestling guy and have a – you said he has a professional ba- boxing background? Jamal Davis is one and one in pro boxing. Oh, one and one in pro boxing. So you got a wrestler versus boxer here. Uh, well, I got to go with the wrestler here in Vinny Diaz. Uh, let's go with submission. Torres? I ain't Greg. You didn't listen to everything he said. He said the boxer is also a purple belt. Um, so give me Jamal Davis. Pro boxer, purple belt. Wrestled a little bit with some college wrestlers. Yeah, give me Jamal Davis. By TKL. Uh, Jeff? Uh, I'm going to go Davis on this one. I've, I've had more of an opportunity since he was on this card early in the get-go. Uh, kind of just Facebook stalking him and really watching his journey. Um, he, he posts every day, five times a day. So I know he's in the gym working hard. I'm going Davis uh, by decision. All right. Hobbs and Torres both take Davis. Greg takes Diaz. Next up, lightweight 155. Ben DeLeon, 0-1 out of the UFC. Jim Murphy's Bro, Tennessee, taking on Pat Crumpton, 1-1 out of National MMA, Nashville, Tennessee. 
been a while since we've seen Pat Crumpton. Uh, we've seen him as an amateur, though. Uh, very solid wrestling, good grappling, tough, uh, tough kid, uh, all fairly well-rounded. Uh, good motor uh, out of National MMA there. One and one as a pro. Both of his pro fights have been against pretty tough competition. Uh, and so he's looking to get above 500 for the first time as he'll take on Ben DeLeon. First time we've seen Ben DeLeon. First pro that I've worked with out of the UFC, Jim Murfreesboro. I think he's out of Indiana originally. Uh, Blue Bell. And um, 0 1 is a pro, so looking to get that first win. Torres? Um, I'm taking uh, Pat Crupton in this one. Pat Crupton by decision. Hobbs? Yeah, I love the grind of Pat Crumpton, and I just don't know enough about Ben DeLeon. Um, I love uh, I love Crumpton's game, kind of, a, kind of like that cage grinder. Um, and he sold a lot of tickets, too, so I'm going Pat Crumpton. Um, submission. Greg? Uh, I'm also going to jump on the Smashville Pat Crumpton's train right here, and I'm going to take him by – I'll go ahead and throw the curveball. I'll say Jeff's got submission, Torres got decision. Yep. I'll take TKO. I'll take TKO. All right, so everybody takes Pat Crumpton on that one. Next up, the co-main event of the evening, featherweights, 145 pounds, Travis Floyd, a debut out of X3 Sports in Atlanta, Georgia, taking on Elvis Shabazian, debut out of Black House MMA, Glendale, California. Uh, yeah, this is a fun one at, at co-main event. Again, two guys from out of the area, uh, both uh, coming from uh, legitimate camps, though. Uh, Elvis Shabazian out of the Black House gym out in California under Ruby Sports Management. So they were begging to get him in here to get that pro debut. We're really struggling to do that, apparently. Had a lot of people not want to uh, get a piece of that action. Looks like a good grappler. Uh, two and one as an amateur taking on the uh, also debuting uh, Travis Floyd out of Hotlanta. He'll be cornered by uh, Jared Gooden, uh, UFC fighter Jared Gooden from the X3 camp, and he is uh, also, uh, he's 2-2 two and two actually as an amateur, so pretty uh, similar amateur uh, records um, and uh, you know, two guys that are, are looking to make a splash. Jeff Hobbs? Yeah, uh, it's, it's the co-main event for a reason. Uh, they may be debuts and they may not have had long uh, amateur records, um, but uh, you were able to see uh, you know a higher level and, and a lot of potential in both of these guys. Um, uh, you know, apparently Shabazian's got uh, a hard time finding fights, uh, and, and their story was long and lengthy on all the things that it fell through. And I think Tim put this together in about ten minutes, uh, which has really surprised their camp, and they're waiting for something bad to happen. Uh, but that's because Travis Floyd is uh, comes from a good gym and is confident about confident with his skills. Um, so it was an easy fight to put together because you got two guys that really just freaking want to fight each other. Um, I like the grind and that uh, that Russian wrestling, if you will, by uh, uh, Shabazian. And so I'm going to take uh, Elvis by uh, GNP, baby. TKO. All right. Greg? Travis Floyd coming out of X3 Sports in Atlanta. We know what they bring to the table. We've seen them a few times. Uh, Black House, him and Dave Blendell. Everything that Jeff just said, you said that he's got some wrestling background against, and then Travis, you said they're they're amateur. You said all that. I'm not going to go over it again. I know Tim said we're running short on time. I'm just going to second what he said, but I'm not going to take him by a ground and pound. I'm going to take him by submission. I got Elvis by submission. Torres, give me Shabazian. Um, I take a Shabazian in this one by TKO. All right, everybody, take Shabazian in this one. Next up, the main event. 
lightweight 155 logan the real deal neil three and one out of a gogi combatives in chattanooga tennessee taking on charlie c4 alexander six and three out of nashville mma nashville tennessee main event this is what we came for a lot of hype on this fight two very confident guys both with uh good momentum coming into this both looking to move on to bigger better things after this with the win uh you know logan neil out of a gogi very familiar with both these guys so not a whole lot of setup needed but you know, Logan uh, coming in on a little bit of a hot streak himself, you know, with uh, wins over Nathan Ariaga and a big win over Jason Wolf in a uh, short time this uh, past Chattanooga show. So, uh, you know, he's looking to get back to that Bellator stage. You're looking to get the call of the UFC, looking to, to, to get to get a taste, uh, get that taste back in his mouth of being on the big stage. He knows Charlie Alexander's on that radar, knocking him off, steals that thunder. Um, and then Charlie C4 Alexander right on the cusp as well. He's a guy that uh, came, is coming off a finish of, of a very tough Nathan Ariaga. And, uh, you know, he's on the radar. He's got good management with Ruby Sports. He's got the, the right people looking at him. And a win over uh, a, a guy with momentum like Logan Neal is uh, what he's looking to put him to the next stage. So uh, I'm hoping that whoever comes out ahead of this uh, definitely reaps some benefits. Greg? Uh, I really hate that I had to go first on this one because I, you know, I was supposed to call Charlie, you know. Hell, you know, hear me? You hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Make sure. Well, Hello. Uh, well, uh, now I was supposed to fight Charlie a year ago or whatnot. And, uh, you know, being that, you know, Logan's fighting Charlie now, uh, we kind of had the same game plan going into this. Uh, what I was going to find, we kind of expect – Charlie to kind of reap the benefit of each each and every end of the round. Uh, this is a three a three uh, three round fight right here. It's not a five rounder. Just to you know make sure we know that right there. Uh, Logan's been to Bellator. Charlie is trying to get you know that 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 call. And and like Tim said, you know Logan's got that hot train going. He's he's um he's he took over that Chattanooga show whenever he knocked out Jason Wolf man. And um, that's when they signed this deal right then and there. Charlie was cage side. Uh, and, you know, he looked at Charlie, he said, sign the motherfucking contract, and Charlie looked back, and he was like, you know, he's done being the motherfucking sign, you know. So I know that, you know, Charlie was waiting for Logan to get that third win because he wouldn't want to fight Logan when Logan was so, you know, you know, you know, green to the game at being pro, you know, if, so to say. He didn't want to fight Logan and, you know, get a win over a guy that was, you know, one, you know, one and oh or possibly take a loss against a guy that was one and oh you know, because, you know, Logan is a tough cat. Uh, Charlie. You know, you know, we just said it multiple times. You know, this is the guy. He's got the build. He's got the uh, he's got the attitude. He's got what you need to get uh, get yourself to the next level. He likes to talk, uh, and for the most part, he can do the walking too. And uh, you know, one of his main training partners there is Michael Chandler. You know, when he gets to go with him, he gets all kinds of looks from him. So, you know, I am excited about this. I have a lot more invested in this than just being a spectator. Logan Neal is one of my good friends. Charlie is possibly a future fight. Uh, you know, possibly to myself. So uh, I, I'll be watching this fight very closely. And with that being said, I'm going to take Logan Neal by submission. Okay. I don't know if we lost Justin, but I'm going to send it over to, to Hobbs next. Well, it's, it's getting late in the evening. And, you know, while we were trying to save time for this main event, it's probably not much, you know, we could say this is what we came here for. So we've talked about the last few weeks uh, with the interviews and stuff like that. So at this point, uh, they're going to do the talking in the cage. Um, we're just here to make the picks. We all knew how this was going to go down. Uh, Greg has been 615 all night, but I knew it wasn't happening here. 
Um, I'm going to get uh, get him some Nashville T-shirts uh, when he gets here this weekend because he's pretty much an adopted son now after this card uh, with all his uh, Nashville picks on here. But, uh, uh, man, you know what? Charlie's just like Logan is to uh, to those two guys. You know, Charlie is to me. I've known him a lot, a long time, years and years, uh, you know, living here and, and being around him, helping him get fights way back when he was – when he fought Scott Holtzman for Tim – at 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, getting helping get him that fight with Tim uh, back 11 years ago, probably. Um, I'm, I'm going Charlie. I'm going TKO on this one, but it's been a pleasure working with with Logan. He's been fun to work with and easy to work with, and I've I've really enjoyed his infectious, uh, you know, personality and and how excited he is for this show and how much he has put in, into building this show and this fight. And that's that's where I'm leaving it. All right, Torres, wrap us up, and we're out of here. Oh man, um, bro, I, I I can't even say much about this fight. I mean, it is what it said is. Uh, these two fighters, uh, just their names, uh, sets up the event itself. Uh, Logan Neal versus Charlie Alexander. You can't get no bigger than that right now, man. Man, these are two big time fighters. The accolades are big. I'm excited to see this matchup. Um, Man, uh, it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be close. And I'm going to take Logan Neal by decision. All right. There you have it. Uh, getting short on time here. We're well over our uh, what where we should be. So we appreciate everybody for sitting in on the Pigs panel with us. Loaded show this week. Make sure you check Valor Underground out uh, this Saturday night. You can uh, catch it at CombatCast.tv. The early start time, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, 4 Central. Uh, thanks to our, uh, our our panelists for joining us. And we will check back in with a recap next week. For uh, everyone else, I'm Tim Loy signing out for another edition of the Valor Hour. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Chris Weib was talking with Brett Okamoto on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel about of looking at the different stance that Connor had in the second Poirier fight as opposed to his other fights to where, you know, Dustin realized that Connor was so boxing centric of that's what ultimately opened up those leg kicks and allowed Dustin to have success that he did. You know, I, I kind of feel like in a way people are because they're talking so much about the leg kicks in the second fight, Daniel, that they're forgetting about the the accuracy and how much success Dustin did have just with his various punching combinations in that fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dustin's striking was on point. Connors was better in the first round for sure. I mean, a big part of Dustin's game plan in that first fight in round one was trying to make the fight close with the clinch battle. And that's where Connor debuted his shoulder strikes. And it'll be interesting to see if we see something like that. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.